Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Jimmy James, old Jimmy James Pardo. A great episode. Weird, interesting, funny, uh, sensual? I don't know if that's true. Before we get to it, uh, I am taping my hour in Austin, Texas. My hour special for Comedy Central, October 23rd at the Moody Theater in Austin, 7 and 9.30. Best part, it's free. It's free. So come hang out for free and watch me tape my special, which I'm very, 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 very excited about. The only thing that could make me more excited is knowing that some weirdos were going to be there. Here's how to get tickets. Tickets. www.theblacklistnyc.com slash P-E-T-E-H. Theblacklistnyc.com slash P-E-T-H. That's where you go. You request them. They give them to you. You come. We laugh. We hug. Perhaps. And then afterwards we go to some sort of, you know, rib joint or barbecue truck. That's going to happen. That's going to happen for sure. Uh, here are some other tour dates coming up. Uh, we uh, got the... I don't know if that will happen yet. We're doing a live You Made It Weird September 23rd as part of the Riot Fest. That's uh, Sunday, September 23rd in L.A. at 5 p.m. That's going to be a lot of fun. Toronto, we're doing a live You Made It Weird on uh, September 26th at midnight. That's going to be part of the Just for Laughs 42 in Toronto. I'm also doing stand-up shows the 24th and the 25th. Come out to that. St. Louis, Missouri, I'm going to be at the Firebird on October 3rd. Chicago, uh, the Lincoln Lodge, October 5th and 6th. Some of, those, uh, some of those have sold out already, but please come out. I love Chicago shows so much. Appleton, Wisconsin, I'm going to be at the Skyline, October 11th through 13th. Minneapolis, I'm coming to the Cedar Cultural Center, October 14th. The Hollywood Improv, I'm going to be headlining the 8 and the 10 o'clock show at the Hollywood Improv on October 20th, working out my hour before the recording. Nashville, I'm going to be at the High Watt, November 16th. Atlanta, the Relapse Theater, November 17th. Boston, Paradise Comedy Club. That's not a comedy club, that's a rock club. They made a mistake on November 24th. San Francisco, we're doing a live You Made It Weird on this Sunday, December 2nd. And that whole weekend, I'm going to be co-headlining Cobbs with Kyle Kinane, one of my faves and a good friend. Portland, I'm going to be at Helium, December 5th through 8th. There's also a a Portland, uh, a Philly Helium. I should have said there's also a Helium in Philly. I'll be there December 12th through 15th. And New York, New York, the Gramercy Theater on December 21st, the last day of the world, according to the Mayans. So come spend it laughing with me. And if the world blows up, at least we'll be weird together. Uh, not sure who the sponsor is. Katie, I think it's Amazon. <laughs> I think it's Amazon, which means you go to Nerdist.com, you go to the description of this episode, and you click on the Amazon banner, and then you shop like you normally would. Or you can go to YouMadeItWeird.com and buy some t-shirts. That's another way to support the show. And you can donate to Katie, which is great, because she keeps finding shovels in her apartment, like dirty shovels. If you're not freaking out, you're not thinking about how traumatic it might be to like open... The door to your apartment. I've never seen Katie's apartment, but I'm sure it's like, you know, kind of like got surf. Oh, wait, now I've been to her apartment. There are surfboards. <laughs> there's surfboards and there's like a dirty shovel on the carpet. Okay? That's a scary thing. So she, like day one, she throws it away. Next day, no no shovel. Third day, two shovels. I mean, wh- who is this shovel burglar coming? It's like a shovel gifter. He's giving her shovels so she can't report it. Hey, someone's giving me shovels. So she's been freaking out. So, so donate to Katie, youmadeitweird.com, and please enjoy Jimmy James Pardo. 
One last thing. We do talk about suicide on this episode, not lightheartedly. We talk about it uh, respectfully, but we do talk about uh, it kind of weirdly. And I would like to say um, that if you are having suicidal feelings, it's weird to get weird in the intro. Please get help. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we talk about it kind of from a different perspective, and it, it, it stuck out in my mind. If you're having feelings, get help. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's just a good thing to do. I don't know. It's so weird to be sincere in the intro, but I did want to say that. Enjoy! Jimmy James Pardo! And that's what Chris Hardwick does up here. Oh! He overlooks the nerds and, and the podcasters and all that sort of stuff. I- check now, check. <laughs> and it made it extra funny, because I was just about to say, I'm, I love having podcasting people on the show, because you guys know the score. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you do check, 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 and now. Uh, check. Checking, and you turn the fo- class act. Well, that's how this all—that's how this all started. Is you're a class act. Remember, you heard. Did you ever hear that on the podcast, or you just heard that I called you a class act? Are we podcast? going? We're going. Is this the program? This is the program. I don't know what you. I don't know if you if you come in with a big theme song. I don't know if you come in with. There is the, a theme song, and it'll fade into the natural. Into you saying that's how this all started. Kind of, yeah. But is that how this all started? I've known you before that. Do you, when? When that? When? What? Hi, I'm Jimmy. It's a pleasure. Good There's that handshake I talked about. We talked about every it. time a good handshake. Uh, listen, here's a. I don't know what you mean by that's when it's all started. Uh, we, we, you and I have spoken for many a year. But is, is that right? Help yeah. me. Help me. Oh, help I me would, remember. Was I, it in New York? No, I did not know you in New York because so, I, I was not in New York. I've only been here uh, almost almost three years. I, you know what I'm doing? I'm making that up. I have no idea how long I've been. Um, <laughs> well, you came on my potting cast. Uh, that was my first. Uh, the uh, award-winning Never Not Funny. Yeah. Check uh, it out. Available at, at podcast.com. <laughs> now, the podfather. Uh, sure I am. Uh, they do call me they that. Do call I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm deserved of subtitle, but yeah. I will take it. Um I, obviously, I knew you and thought you were funny because I don't. I, I've never asked an unfunny person to be on my podcast. Well, <laughs> what? I love it. I mean, I mean, it, it's happened. It's it's a very man men being a little bit withholding. I don't think either you or I are withholding, but there's something nice about having a passive way to say like I like you. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like like as we were leaving, uh, Matt Myra was like, oh, I'll do your show anytime in a joking manner, which I, I don't mind at all because I, I love Matt. But you're never going to have him on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what you're saying. No, that's not where that's I was that, going. Oh, I misunderstood. Completely. Don't throw me under the golf cart if you get that reference. Katie I, gets it. Katie loves it. Well, <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. So I met you, saw you do, uh, maybe at the UCB Theater. Oh, that's what it is. Doing some standing up comedy. Yes. And then I said to Matt think- Belknap, let's get this kid on the podcast. I like him. I think he's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. That's the show business tale. Uh, and then I was scheduled to be on this show. Mm-hmm. Six. How long have you been doing it? I don't know, man. A year then seven really? seven months ago, I was supposed to be on this. We're coming up to our year. Sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy Pardo is here from Never Not Funny and other things. <laughs> what was it? That's when I was supposed to be scheduled. Oh, that's the year mark. I, don't know. I didn't know that. I'm going to write that down. I want to say I was scheduled like like last November. I mean, like it was. I, you've it, it been was, on. I mean, you've been on the board. Uh, you uh, trying. Well, we were scheduled, and then like the day before, I had to bail on you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's taken about nine months to get me back on, and I, 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 
honestly thought you were angry really? at me for, for canceling at such short notice than I was getting the short uh, end of the stick. You know what's funny is I'm, I'm usually very careful, even over text, to make sure I, I sound chipper. Uh, I'm sure. Are you sure I didn't text you back? Like, no problem, I'm, man. Here's the thing. There's yeah. no question you yeah, did. Yeah, sure. But then it took so long like that I had to, I had to do the passive-aggressive Hey, oh, it's okay. You had blah blah on, but you can't uh, read. And then we laughed about it, and you went, "Yeah, it's insane. You haven't been on." And yes, uh, yes, yes. well, this was recently at the at the Conan at the, at the, at the Conan O'Brien program, TBS, <laughs> Turner Broadcasting System. And yeah, <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, we, we, bottom line, we're friends. We get along. We're discovering that we today. do. And I made the mistake early on of uh, this is a little weird. We were just talking about how the show's not supposed to be weird, but we're supposed to talk about anything we want to talk about. I'm interested because I know you you open for Conan. You don't do warm-up. Um, I, I mean, you are technically warming them up, but you're doing it with your act. Is this correct? I don't do my... Well, I don't... I mean, my act is my act. I, I don't have one. I just... I improvise as much as I can, so... Oh, that's awesome. Uh, to that end, yes. I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. I, in the world of, of television that we are in, yep. nobody in the world would not call me a warm-up. They, I, they would say, oh, Jimmy, part of this warm-up for Conan. There's no, there's no question in my mind. Right. I like to say I open up for it because I don't do the hand-holding. I don't go out between commercial breaks. There's, there's none of this gesture. The clap more, clap more, I, I and we're back. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. On, there's guys. no T-shirts being given away. None there's of the no bo- candy There's no fun-size snacks. There's none, none of the bullshit. It's all, you know, I get to go, I go out at uh, 4.08 every day. I go on at 4.08. Is that right? And uh, I'm, I do minimum 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, what does that come out? Is that 4.23? I, I'm not here to do math, Jimmy. Well, I, I was under the impression we were for math. <laughs> 4.08, 10 minutes before 4.08, 4. Yes. That's what my brain did. I didn't mean to be coy with you. Uh, but when I give my brain a math problem, it goes, we're not in school anymore. We're babe. not here. School's out, baby. Uh, forever. <laughs> Alice Cooper says forever. Isn't that great? Do you ever have the... I'm, I'm going to keep us on a uh, warm-up and discussing it. We don't have to. But do, no. I just don't want you to think I'm interrupting. I, mm-hmm. I'm interjecting. I love with it. With love. Do you have the the uh, high school dream? Because uh, I, I, the fear of being back in school. School was such a drag. We're out of school, Jimmy. Something to be happy about. I love school, man. Loved it every single day. You loved no. School. Ah, Kenya. That's great. I I, I describe Lion King school. Circle <laughs> 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 life, baby. <laughs> I describe school as the eight hours before play rehearsal. That's what it was to me. Is that right? I only went because you know. Here's the thing. I senior year, I started skipping Mondays. Um, no Mondays. Like I would, I wouldn't go to school on Mondays, and I would. And eventually, my stepfather caught on to it. He's like, you know, this is like the sixth Monday in a row that you haven't gone to school. See, it takes a stepfather six. <laughs> well, no, no, he, it, he caught he caught on immediately. And then as I make that, I'm like, I don't know anything about your family. No, I can't be uh, making these jokes. He's a good man. He's no longer in our family. But the, the point is this: <laughs> he caught on to it, and I was like, oh boy. And then my drama teacher caught on to it. She said, you know, you're technically not allowed to come to to play rehearsal because you have so if many. you didn't go to school that day. Because I would still show up for play rehearsal on Mondays. Oh, my God. I just would blow off school. I hated, I hated it. What did you hate about it? I, there's so much to choose. Well, I don't know. I, uh, I'm five foot four now as a 46-year-old man, so I was a tiny, you know, I was, I was mocked and ridiculed. How short are we in high school? I, I, look, Shorter than five foot three. Uh, I, that's a sincere question. I'm like, I'm not trying to rib. I, I, if I was five foot, it would be amazing. Yeah, under five. I mean, I had to be in the four feet. That's I, I believe that's legal, little person. I mean, I, I was a tiny guy who you know was mocked and you know and I, and I don't know. I, I kind of straddled the, between the jocks and the burnouts a little bit. Yeah, but, but you know, my I had my friends and, and as I've said over and over as a as now that I'm an adult, Pete. 
that I wish that I would have I wish I would have embraced my nerddom more. And I don't mean nerd in the way that we use it today, where right. everybody's a nerd. Meaning a cool person. I just I would right exactly. <laughs> I wish I would have just accepted that I was kind of a I was a misfit, and, yeah. and just enjoy that. Don't don't fight that you like musicals. Don't fight that Chicago is your own favorite it. band. Yeah, own it. That seems like a new thing. That's what's happening now. It's, I feel like people are owning it more. Yeah. but it took a long time. Oh boy, I know. What, I mean, it took me until like four years into comedy of going, oh, oh, I can be myself. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have to fit in. It's so funny that you say that because I'm currently working on that in, in therapy very much, and I'd like to put this to you. We're keeping it on you. I'm a host. I'm a I'm a guy who throws it to you. We don't have to. It's a conversation. <laughs> You sound like me. You just made it weird. I know I did. I'm so sorry. No, you, not at all. We were talking about being nice guys, secret mean guys. <laughs> yes. And I love being, I am a nice guy, secret mean guy. Anybody that knows me knows that I, I have my, what fangs? What do we say? And my therapist was like, he was like, get it to a place where you're like able, here's what I do. Can I tell you something? When I'm, yes. uh, when I start dating somebody. <laughs> <laughs> when I start dating somebody, it will always be in my mind, oh, at some point I'm going to have to tell them that I was married. If they, if they don't... Wait, you were married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, see, I didn't know that. Okay. Are we... Dating? Are you... <laughs> I think we are. Never not dating with Jimmy Pardo. Uh, Any two-person exchange is a date, <laughs> according right. to you. We're never not dating. Wait, so wait, you're a young guy. I'm a young man. You're 33, by my guess. Nice job. Jesus, let's go to a carnival and win some are money. Are you really 33? Yeah. So you're 33, but you got married in your 20s. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, tell me this. Yes. Where, where did you grow up? I will let you do this. What? I always say on the show, I will let you interview me. I'll, but I'll do it so quickly. But I grew up outside of Boston in Lexington, Massachusetts. Okay. So grew up religious. Married the first girl I fucked. Made love to. Come on, Jimmy. First girl that I made. I didn't, it was not me. Don't turn that on me. That was your choice of words. <laughs> the first girl that I uh, made love to. You married. I married her because that's what you do. I mean, that's what I And did. how old were you? 22. You were 22. You mm-hmm. lost your virginity at 22. Mm-hmm. Well, I was 21, I think. When 11 I years ago, you got married. And then how long did the marriage last? You love math. Six years. Half a dozen. <laughs> so... Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> well, here's the modern interpretation is if I start uh, dating somebody, I will worry about that. And my therapist was like, why not just own that? Why not just be like live in a world where it comes up and you go, yeah, you know, I've been kind of anxious telling you about this. This is awkward because I want you to like me mm-hmm. and I'm afraid it'll turn you off. Or Why not just fucking say that? Instead, what I do, nice guy, secret mean guy, and, and, and the facade I'm wanting to be liked is I will rehearse it in my brain. And I'll rehearse it coming up, and I'll rehearse being cool and nonchalant about it, and just be like, ah, here's five reasons why you shouldn't care about my marriage, which I have. No ring. There was no engagement. Uh, There was very little ceremony, no honeymoon. It was just very practical. So it was like my girlfriend. So Mm -hmm. see, I just did it to you. So I have that all rehearsed if I was interested in somebody. So why not? But why not just be real? Why not be in the moment and be like, yeah, it's weird, right? Like, why not just... Because I want to, you want to be perceived as nice. Now you but said I something, think, but, but I think you'd still be perceived as a nice guy. In fact, I think you'd be uh, perceived as more accessible, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe uh, she would take more of a liking. T- I think, she, I think it's, it would go the other way. I think she would like you more. I agree, and it's a three dimensional person. And my therapist actually put this to me. He said that he's like, when I do that to people and try and control them and control how they perceive me, and I want them to perceive me as splendid. Mm-hmm. Nothing less. <laughs> right? Never not splendid. That's what I want. Uh-huh. Uh, it's disrespectful and it's manipulative and it's controlling. And then... Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't... I, I like getting this stuff out there because people uh, relate. Okay. They, get, they get to see my therapist. I have friend. so many questions about Please this. Please hit me. Uh, you go to a male therapist. I do. And how long have you been going to this guy? He's a genius. 
He's a goddamn genius. Uh, that doesn't answer the question. I know you hate math. Uh, I also exist like, outside of space and time. So, like, when you ask me uh, that, I have no idea. How long? He's it's, a genius. It's a, I would say a year and a half. So a little longer than me doing this podcast. How long? A genius. <laughs> um, so, all right, wait. I'm fascinated because, you know, I went, uh, I went to the therapy. I started in uh, 1999. I started the day after... <laughs> I do a lot of your things I didn't realize. I call them open microphones, too. I call do, it standing-up comedy. Do you really? I didn't realize that I Oh, was... yeah, you're stealing from me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this out. So therapy, uh, 1999. I actually went in the mid-90s. I had a horrible breakup in 94, and I went literally to that to save my life. And I mean that sincerely. I, uh, I don't, that's not fair. My brother-in-law took his own life, and it's not fair for me to compare it to that now that I say it out loud. But um, I, I, wasn't, I, I was in a horrible place after this breakup. Can you tell me? I mean, will it derail the story? Do you, would you rather tell the story and then talk about that breakup? I'd like to hear about that. It was a... Um, you want to tell me about therapy first and then come very back quick, to that? Only, only cause I'm going to put it on the old, pa- on the old paper here. Uh, nine, uh, 94, uh, went to therapy for a uh, short period of time, and then moved here in 95, uh, January of 95. Did a little bit of therapy here, with, uh, all with women. The first one was like a mother age... And I loved that. Yeah. Then when I moved out here, it was with a young woman. That's difficult. It, it, very difficult. I would constantly just be like, <laughs> I, I, feeling I, like having sex with but that. I, you know, sadly, I do that joke in my act about how uh, be, we, that I got nothing accomplished because no matter what she asked me, you know, oh, your parents got divorced when you were eight. How does it make you feel? Oh, like I want to fuck you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, there's also the posturing. Shane Moss, Jesus, what a great episode Shane Moss was. Learned so much. When women are present, I was actually thinking about this. I like Katie being a lady. <laughs> because I try harder and do better in front of women. That's just that's just how I am. Thank that's you, Katie, for for being a lady. I've never said that to you before. Two thumbs up. But if I had a Matt Belknap, I'd, I'd, this show would be thirty percent less funny. Um, I don't know about that, but eh, I think more than that. But what I'm saying, what I'm asking you, <laughs> yeah, what I'm What's asking up? you is, your therapist would say that was there any degree of like I should posture a little bit because I'm a man? I I would. Um, what happened with my last therapist? I started with in '99, and I uh, the day after I stopped drinking. And I went to her for a long period of time. In fact, we, I just stopped going to her recently, and it, mainly for scheduling reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I didn't want to break up with her. I didn't want to, uh, but here's the thing. I think I need to see a man. That's why I'm so, yeah. I was intrigued by this. Yeah. Because there are things, I'm not, not, not necessarily posturing, but I know I held back on some things. Sure. I know there's some male things that, quite frankly, I'm not comfortable talking about with a woman. Yeah, of course. And, and I, as much as I wanted the woman therapist in the mid '90s, and even when I started with her in '99, uh, and she's—I think she's either my age or a year. Either way, either side of me, uh, this most recent therapist. Um, I wanted the motherly to coddle, yes. you know, to make me feel better. I didn't at the time where I was fragile in my life. I didn't want a man judging me, and mm-hmm. I didn't want a man basically telling me, "Yeah, what, uh, my dad was never this way." But if he was, uh, you know, walk it off. Yeah, I didn't want a man doing that. But I think now, as I'm getting on in life. That I need to, uh, I enjoy therapy. I'm a guy that's, I'm pr- very pro-therapy. Yep. And I've not been in a while. And, uh, and you know what, I'm doing okay. But uh, if I go back, I'm going to go to a man. And I'm going to ask for that, your gentleman's name. I, if I gave him to you, which I would, happily. Yes. You would thank me. I guarantee it. You like this guy. Unbelievable. Are his initials TB by any chance? No, his name's Gary Penn. I, I, no, he's not no. allowed to say who I am, but I can say he, who he is. You can so. say you go to Gary a, Penn. And you can read his book. It's, it's called I Can't Believe My Life Came to This. Really? Isn't that a funny title? He's I a love funny it. guy. I don't care for that, but uh, <laughs> I don't. Can I ask you a question? I don't need to be entertained. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> he actually is quite. That's the other thing too. He you makes know, me laugh a lot. You're right about posturing. I do try to make my therapist laugh. Oh, my therapist. And it's like, yeah. I, I'm so, and I hate 
like there's sometimes where like at, at the end of the session I would apologize. Oh, I wasn't much fun today. Like what the fuck? Uh, I'm here to not be fun. I, Jimmy, Kindred, I come in with a couple things that I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll do it like my act. I'm not saying I'm not doing the work, and my therapist, I think, would agree that I am doing the work. I show up to work, and I don't fuck around, and I, I fix shit. I, like, make progress. People, have, I hope, have heard some of that progress on the show. So, uh, But I also, it's important to me that I, I don't just sit there. I'll tell them things. I'll reel myself in. I'll go, that's not psychologically important. I'll start telling them a story, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, and I'll bring it into something, find some way to bring, like, a, a weird dream. I don't fuck around. I don't withhold. I don't make them work it out of me. I'm like, here's what's fucked up. Let's go. And I like, and it's funny, and it's entertaining. It's kind of like this podcast. It's not that different. But let me ask you this. This is my question for you. Yes. Closer to your father or mother? I know it's a weird question, but I'm wondering if you're looking for the older maternal oh, I lady de- therapist because of a withholding mother. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. No? No, my mother. Gushy? Uh, I spoke about this. I did a one-man show back in uh, on September 10th, 2001, and then the second night was canceled. I, I'll be damned. I can't remember why we had to cancel that second night. <laughs> and you said you'd never forget. Uh, boy, I just can't remember it. I, I'll be damned. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. What happened? It rhymes with smimamabitin. Jesus, 9-11. Um, oh, my God. That's a skit. Matt Damon moved to New York City on September 10th. Um, in 2008. I'm kidding. I don't know why I know that. Why do I but, know but that? He's not my like friend. But it sounds like you're blaming him. Are well, you blaming him for 9-11? You know, he didn't Wahlberg it. He didn't stop it. <laughs> Man, people can't stop telling me that Mark Wahlberg blinded a guy. Uh, uh, he came up on a show and they were like, he blinded a dude. Did he? Is Apparently. that true? Yeah, in a bar. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there, but uh, he was convicted. Well, he wasn't a good guy. Apparently not. He's going to act handsome. God damn it, is he handsome. Good looking dude. When he shows up at Conan, oh my God. Oh, you've seen him in the flesh? Oh. Just a gorgeous man. He really is perfection. Really? Yeah, he's a good looking man. Just a tall glass of milk Wahlberg. Yeah, and you know, he's not even that tall. He's just... Oh, he walked by me at the airport once. I'm with you. He's not that tall. Uh, but boy. A delight. Really... Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's a dumb jackass, but I sure, mean, uh, yeah, he better be. Little, I hope so. He better be. For what we're paying him, you be dumb. Uh, you be dumb. You, you can't be perfect <laughs> right? and be great. Right? You, you be dumb. Be, um, so, so your mother. No, my mother. And I spoke about my one man show. My my. What was it called? Uh, attention must be paid. What if it was called Tomorrow's Going to Be Really Rough? <laughs> <laughs> Stay home tomorrow. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Oh, that is such a clean laugh. Such a it's pure gorgeous. burning fuel because um, there's so much fear and sadness about that. What a great thing. Um, uh, so, Mom. Uh, <laughs> my mom and her side were very supportive of me uh, in theater and, and plays and, and then stand-up. And my dad was um, more hesitant, more of a dad. Yeah. And, and more like, uh, but what's your fallback position? And what's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know... Uh, well, you can't... When, when were they growing up? Is this... Well, I don't know. They're twenty. My mom's twenty years older than me, and my dad's twenty three years older than me. Holy shit! So the Pardos uh, don't fuck around. Catholic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but remember, this is the sixties. You know, yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. everybody got married at twenty and then had kids at twenty. That yeah, was, yeah, that yeah. was the deal. So um, that's the deal I was on. I was right. trying to you bring. You were trying to be a part of. Trying to bring it back. I was um, trying to part of that girl. So uh, they're both very supportive, but but there's no question I was a mama's boy growing up. There's yeah. no question that you know. I, I mean, you know, I I speak openly about you know when I didn't when I tried out for band uh, in grade school and I wanted to play the trumpet or drums and they were both taken and they offered me the flute. 
hmm. and I was embarrassed because I already was the tiniest kid in class, and now I'm going to carry a little flute hmm. thing to yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I remember, I, this is how small I was, Pete. I was able to, as a seventh grader, curl up in my mom's arms, and she could swaddle me and, and hold me while I sobbed that I didn't get to play the trumpet or the drums. Oh. So I, was, I admit I was a mama's boy, and uh, some might call that a pussy. Did you sob into your magical flute? <laughs> <laughs> you fag- did you call me a faggot? I did. It was, I didn't know how else to say anything. I did. I did, and I kind of hoped that nobody heard it. And then uh, now you call me out on it. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. I, and I'm not a fan of using that word in, I that, understand. in that way. I understand. Uh, I say that in the, uh, in the playground vernacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were speaking way worse. I used yeah. every inappropriate word when we were talking about oh, Yes, you did. Because we're comedians and we love it. Mm-hmm. So please, everybody... No one be offended. Relax. I, re- I refuse a comment. No comments on that. We're just we're just two guys talking like friends. Yes. So uh, my, that's heartbreaking is why I made that joke. I had to lash out for fear that I might um, feel something. Yeah, you, God forbid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah, so, my, so yes. And I, you know what my other thought was? That sounds nice. I bet it's nice. You're a little... Uh, it, wa- it was, it was, what, and then that's why when I went to therapy the first time, I, that's... I wanted that feeling. I was so broken yeah, yeah. and scared of the world and, and shattered that I wanted this – I wanted to be held. Yeah. That's I, a type of therapy too. Well, I didn't want that though. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, didn't, I mean I want – but I, I wanted – I know you didn't really want that. Um, yeah. but I wanted somebody I – did, I did, like I said, I didn't want a guy to say, ah, life's tough, son. Suck it up. Well, that's where it sounds – that sounds like a little – I know you're not saying that's how your dad was exclusively. But my father – my father to this day – if I mention therapy, we'll ignore it. Like that's he's kind of old school. Oh, really? He doesn't like to think that I'm in therapy. He likes to think he's not mean about it, but he won't be like, uh, "What?" He won't ask me about. Well, it. do you think that's because he thinks that you're going to therapy, and in his mind, he didn't do his job as a father, so you're a little fucked up, and you have to deal with issues, and that he didn't raise you. I don't. I think it's more of a like a Winter Hill, Somerville sort of. You don't talk about your okay. problems uh, to a stranger, sort of thing, which is what I do. If they if they had the internet, man, and could listen to this show, boy, boy, oh boy, yeah. Sometimes I think about my kids listening to this show. Your kids are gonna? You have one child. Uh, my son is five years. Just turned five over the weekend. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. He's the greatest. What's he's, his name? Uh, Oliver. I knew it was a food. Yeah. What? Nope. Olive. Oh. Yeah. He's he loves olives. How he's an Oliver. <laughs> No, that's not a. There's no food in there. Great at math. Oh, damn right I am. Oliver Middle. Any middle name? You don't have to uh, say his middle name. Griffin. Oliver Griffin. Oliver. Oliver Griffin. Griffin Pardo. Fucking great. Yeah, right. Setting him up for success. Yeah, OGP. Teeing up. How I'm interested in. in you have lots of questions. I do, and I and love I, it. And everybody, I'm not going to forget about the breakup in '94, and we're not going to forget about warm up or anything. Uh, what is it like? What do What do people need to know about? I'm a fucking giant man. Yeah. And that's what I was saying about you is you – I don't want to say this in, the, in a weird way, I, I, like somehow backhandedly putting down other shorter people, but you don't feel like a short guy. You know what I mean? You know – when I, If I were to draw you, I wouldn't be like, here's Jimmy, and everyone would be like, ha, ha, Pictionary, draw a little guy. Jimmy Pardo, I draw eye contact and character. You know what? <laughs> And I appreciate that. Because uh, so, somebody sent me, I got two emails. After you said something on your podcast, on, the, yeah. on this very, where you said that uh, what you love about is, is you said basically just that, that, yeah. that you don't see me as a short guy. You see me, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. make eye contact, 
and I shake and I shake your and hand you're firmly. There. You're in the moment. You're and, present. And I take over, not take over a room, but you say that I'm I'm the biggest guy in the room. Feel it. Yeah, you take over and, the room. That's right. Uh, I got two emails. I got an email saying, "Hey, Pete Holmes just said the greatest thing about you," and I and then I got the other email going, "Hey, Pete Holmes is ripping on you." Really. No. That's so funny. Well, then you're dumb. If you really think that you were ripping, then you're dumb. You did not hear what he said. Right, right, right. Um, But to address what you said, I I used to open up my show uh, by addressing my height because I didn't want, you know, because what happened, like maybe once somebody, you know, said, you know, like, as I walked hey, short guy. Yeah. And and so, like, to diffuse it, I would talk about my height. Right. Well, as I've gotten better as a comic, I realized that... um, uh, I could just be funny, right? And then do my act, and then, but I was still doing it. I've got. I'm kind of contradicting myself, but I was still mentioning my height until people would come up afterwards, and I would get one or two things. Short uh, assholes would go, "Boy, you really are short." Yep. Thanks. And thank you. Thanks for. Okay, we got confirmation thanks. then. Let's keep this conversation <laughs> short. <laughs> <laughs> the worst joke to make. Or I would get the, the people saying, "You know, we didn't know you were short. Yeah. You know, you you go up there and you and you take over the stage. And, yeah. And so like that." You know, usually as comics, we hear the negative. We hear, you are short. Oh, I am short. You go back to your hotel room and, you know, masturbate. So um, <laughs> this is, when they said we don't see you as a short guy, that was the one time I took the positive from somebody in the audience. So, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Get out, And if somebody wants to, and then, you know, you, the way that I do my act anyway is so, you know, so, uh, you know, fun aggressive mm-hmm. that if somebody later on wants to say something about my height, they're going to lose that fight anyway. Right. So why... Open my show by saying yeah. a joke about I'm tiny. Here's right, the fucking right, right. Everybody still like me though. Right. It's not seventh grade anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's weird. I also because I'm I'm six five and a half. I often I, on stage I say I'm six six. Why? Why do that? Because it slows it down. Six five and a half. You know what? Because six. You know what? I'm five four and a half. But uh-huh. I say five four. Six, six. Why I don't go up to five five is fucking beyond <laughs> me. I don't know why I don't go the other way. <laughs> but, uh, totally go the other way. Right, but I say five four because same deal though. It, it's <laughs> but it's funnier. Yes, five four is funnier than five four and a half, and it's funnier than five five, yeah. and six six is funnier too. Uh, and I also I think it's one of those things when you're early on, you're like wondering how do I come across when I. Uh, approach this age and I'm thinking everyone's gonna be like he's so tall guess what no one's thinking that that yeah I was gonna ask if you ever get the mic stand being adjusted for a taller person then you, and then you have to like cause uh, I often would come up and the mic would be coming up to my belly button and I would just stand there and that would get a laugh or whatever is that a pain in the ass? It or? happened just uh, the other day in, in Peoria the nice, nice young kid uh, but he was taller than me obviously and he left it up uh huh and I just make it, you know. I do the same thing. I mean, you have to address it, but they, yeah. but they still don't. It doesn't make you short. And it doesn't make you tall. Right. They just can't figure out what the other guy was. Right. 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 That's absolutely. But I right. still, but I still make the joke of, uh, hey, thanks for lowering the mic stand. Make sure. You know, thanks for making me look like an asshole before I've even proven I'm funny. Have, yeah. And That's you know, you great. make you know next time hang it from the ceiling, make me jump for it like a kitty cat. Yeah. You know, and then ha ha, funny. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Over. Done. Now here we go. Showtime. In. I, th- I think I spent twelve minutes uh, firing that kid, though. I think I think that's like is that true? I did, yeah. Like riffing, uh, uh, yeah, you're out yeah, of here. You're done. Beat it. You're you know you're all replaceable. And, and you know you know open micers make note. You're eat, you know whatever. You're, you're gonna climb up and take that guy's slot, and you'll yeah. adjust the mic for daddy. Show, that's but right. You love show business, sure, don't you? I, I do. I'm not accusing you. John Mulaney just did the show, and he was like, "I love how showbiz you're becoming," and that's all. Like you talk in a way that I like to talk. I to. like showbiz, you know, so much that that I, you know, I'm anti Twitter. I know uh, that about you. I and, think that's kind of bizarre. Um, uh, you know, I was anti MySpace for a long time. I think there should be. Don't tell me you just got into MySpace. 
What's going on? <laughs> Did you just get into my space? Jesus Christ. You don't like spangly unicorns? <laughs> Why don't you like glittery unicorns? Uh, I love it. I, you know, a guy drops off his rap record for me once a day. I get the sample of tracks. I um, want to go back and look at my page, but I don't want that last logged in thing to update. I, 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 I was the last guy. I'll tell you this. I was the last guy on MySpace. That's confirmed. But I was the first guy off. Because I just went, I'm done. I can't. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah, coming yeah, here. Yeah. I'm not enjoying it. Um, I remember somebody asked me if I was on MySpace, and my response was, this was when MySpace was just kind of, and I was like, yeah, I'm on MySpace. That was my response. Well, and I'm then sure. all these things became, like, necessary. Well, they did. And, yeah. Uh, but I like show business. Yes. Uh, to, to get back. Yeah. I think there should be the curtain between us. I think it should be magic. I think it should be that you don't see the performer before the show. Yeah. And then, you know, when they say, please welcome Pete Holmes, that's the first time they're seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why, you know what, it goes back to, and I don't take full credit for this, but at the Tonight Show, um, when, we st- when, I st- when I got the job with Conan, uh, the very first test show we did, he came out, and I think maybe for the, even the second test show, he came out and did a warm-up, mm-hmm. and like he was doing in New York for the late night show. I, I saw him at the late night show, and he came out. He would come out, and and he would be brilliantly funny, and then showtime, mm-hmm. and oh, that magic's gone. They just saw him come out for the first time. Interesting. And um, there's something different about it to me that than like uh, like when I saw Letterman do it, it was kind of neat to see he Letterman does a wave. before the show. He does it a little way. Comes out, says a word or two, and then yeah. you know moves on. John Stewart does it too. Uh, oh, is that true? Because I did warm up uh, for the Daily Show. Oh, I didn't know I, that. I would bring John out, John. My friend John, and John, I just caught myself doing that L.A. thing. Anyway, so John Stewart would come out, and he'd take questions. Huh. And it would, like, calm them down a little. They're so juiced. Mm. I, you know, can I interject with something kind of funny? Yeah. So my pilot, uh, I came out and did my own warm-up. So I didn't do what you – Zach Sherwin, MC Mr. Napkins. Do you know Zach? I don't. He, and if I do and I don't remember, I apologize. No, 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 no. It's okay. He, uh, he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I think he might. Anyway, um, he came out and did some songs, like funny raps that you really have to listen to. So mm-hmm. it gets them attentive and it gets them moving. But then I wanted to come out and I want to kill before the show. The show's going to start and I won't be able to talk to you like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I want to come out – if some stand-up comes up, some stand-up comes out, I want to do crowd work, and I want them to go, like, everything's going to be fine, you know what I mean, and then start the show. So it's kind of funny. Even though I'm agreeing with you, it's not what I did. Uh, you know what? I had to talk my uh, on my pilot. A couple of assholes talking about their pilots. Um, That's what we'll name this, this episode. <laughs> this, two assholes discuss their pilots. Uh, I wanted to come out and do a warm-up at the top, and it was at the very last minute that I went, nope. Yeah. Wait, let them play, you know, because I, I, I'm the, I, at, to get back, and we're jumping all over, the, at the Tonight Show, somebody yeah, said sorry. to me, hey, what's your, do you think Conan should come out and do a warm-up? And I went, absolutely not. It, this is the Tonight Show. Yeah. They're, they're all here to see him. They're pumped to see him. Let the first time they see him be when that curtain opens. Yeah. So that they go, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's our hero. He's really here. He's really here. Yeah. But if they see him beforehand with his jacket off casual, well, then that magic's gone. That show business is gone. And and so my wife actually at the pilot said, "Aren't you the one that thinks that it should be like, please welcome Jimmy Pardo? That's where they see you." Oh, and I'm that's like, "Sweet, your yes." Wife, your wife knew. Well, she gets it. She's the, now. I, I've referenced this on the podcast before, and I'm always embarrassed when I say it. But there's a magnet on my mo- my mother's fridge that says, uh, "A friend knows the song in my heart and sings it to me when I can't remember" or something like that. So when I know that sounds so cheesy, and are you going to use that f word again? 
No, I would. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Not, uh, I'm totally very warm. It, okay, good. But it, but it's it's an, it's an embarrassing sentiment, but it's a true sentiment, which is it's my friends. TJ, when I was like, should I do Last Comic Standing? He reminded me of why I don't like things like that. I don't have any disrespect for people who do that show. Uh, go for it. Uh, but he was like, Pete, you're the guy that yells at me when I'm like, I might go, not TJ per se, but like I'm going to do Last Comic Standing. I'll rail against it or mm. whatever. So when a friend gives you your own opinion or a wife, God lover, gives you your own opinion back to yeah. you. And you, doesn't that just feel like love? Isn't yes, that great? Go, yes. And I agree with you. you. You build anticipation. Yeah. I wanted to go out and, and I, I've already said my point. We were going to, I asked you if it was okay because I told you I'm gun shy since the, <laughs> since the live podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of offending people now, and I already vetted this question with mm-hmm. you. Was I wanted to talk to you about the pilot. Mm-hmm. What do we got? We got we got. Are you done? Talk- I'd love to talk about the Tonight Show from your perspective. We could talk. Oh, about we that. don't have to talk about. That. I've talked about that ad nauseum. Is that true? Yeah. Fuck that. I'm crossing it off. I want to talk about the breakup in '94, but I, also- I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a it's nowheresville too. But I'm more than happy to talk about it. I don't. I doubt it's nowheresville, man. I'm fascinated with love. Aren't you? It's fascinating. It's most things. But Everything that, is sex. I went to that liquor store yeah? to buy all that liquor. Yeah? Fucking uh, Corona commercial bikini broads everywhere. I love broads. Uh, just sex. The liquor store is a sex shop. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the same thing as the hustler store on Sunset. It's all sex. It, it may not be, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Uh, but like... It's it's all around us. It's this thing that when you're in love and you see people in love, you know that they're in on this like nice little secret yeah. together. They have this like little bubble that they're in together. Then you you know, you know I'm a singleman and you're kind of floating on the periphery of that, and and you see that it's not that easy to get into something like that necessarily. And then there's when the bubble bursts and it breaks apart. There's nothing. It's all love, man. I want to talk about your breakup. Oh, you said it was difficult, and it uh, sent you to therapy. This hippie weirdness. And you also referred to your your brother mur- uh, murdering himself. Your brother killing himself. My brother-in-law. Brother-in-law uh, took his own life. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I said murder. I wasn't trying to be funny. I just made no, a mistake. You know, I'm not doing bits about uh, that. <laughs> then this guy murdered somebody. <laughs> hey, comedy. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that, I mean, that was public. Uh, you know, my my brother-in-law was uh, uh, Andrew Koenig. Uh, he was bone around growing pains. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And uh, he, uh, yeah, it was all, I mean, you know, my, uh, boy, it's going to get weird. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm my, not trying to force it. It's just... You know, my father-in-law was on Star Trek. Oh, wow. Uh, he was Chekhov on Star Trek. And so, therefore, when my brother-in-law went missing, we got a lot of, uh, it got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, my m- wife went on Larry King, and my in-laws were all over, and, you know, it was. Well, he was know, missing. Child star missing, and then, uh-huh. you know, then he found his body. But, uh, and this is. Uh, February of 2010, so uh-huh. a little over two years ago now. I, th- I, I definitely remember. It was. I mean, it was that. so. He, he was. He, people. A lot of comedians uh, were heartbroken. And, they and, very much. So. Andrew and Doug Benson uh, and stuff. Doug, Doug and Doug and Andrew were very close. Yeah. Uh, and Andrew did a lot of uh, stuff over at IO, uh-huh. and he was a really. He was, and he was the the video guy on my podcast. He was the. He was the uh, the guy that uh, produced the video segment for uh, for really? Not Funny. Yeah. Oh, that's... And um, he was a great guy, funny guy. Uh, smart guy, and uh, you know it's it's uh, you know I mean I got anything I say now is going to sound flippant, but I don't yeah. mean it to be that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 awful. It is awful. Uh, I don't know how to intelligently ask you about this. Go ahead. No, no, we, we, I can, mean, we like, can move on. We could we could definitely uh, move whatever on. we want to do. I mean, I mean, uh, 
It, I mean, it's depression. It, I get people want a reason. People want a reason. It was depression. Depression. It was yeah. depression. He. Uh, people want to know. It's stupid and petty of me to be like, "Am I?" You know, we all have very dark thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Judd Apatow uh, tweeted something recently about how he likes comedy that is this and this and this or something that's tragic somehow underneath it. And someone said something tweeted back to him about how they like comedy better, and then Judd tweeted back to them. If you think about this is what you're missing on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. <laughs> Judd was like, if you think about any comedy long enough, it becomes very depressing. It's all depressing. It's all decay. This table is filthy. I'm decaying meat. My heart is beating one more time closer to the grave. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> you're looking at me like, yeah, but why bring this but up? Why? I mean, <laughs> but like, so when we hear about someone taking their own life, at least when I hear about it. I want to distance myself from that person and be like, surely there had to be something really – the same thing when someone commits a violent crime against someone else. You're like, I, I can't be that kind of person. I'm not – they were unstable. This person medication. This person needed this or whatever. So I'm kind of calling myself on my own bullshit for wondering why he did it. Obviously, it's going to be because of sadness. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I – early when I said I, – you know, I was – when I said I was I – I went into therapy to save my life – and I felt badly for right. saying that because I, you know, dealt with somebody that did do that. Sure. And I was in no way, shape, or form in that same space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, but in a small situational way. Yeah. depression. It felt that way. Though. See, I guess those things are kind of in bed together. Maybe that's why you made the connection. I, I don't know. But, like, sadness is sad. You're sad. You're but, sad. But, 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 but I wasn't sad for 40 years. Right. You know, and, right. I, and I think that, you know... I would I, I I don't know what the stats on this uh, I, so anything I say is just uh, from ignorance but you know I think that you know I don't think I'm I'm making a guess that most suicides that are done because people are depressed are it, it's not situational right I think it's that they've dealt with sadness their entire life right medicine didn't work or whatever it was and they just went. I, I don't want to do this anymore right right, right. you know and but I, I mean there's also you know you you hear about the ones of uh, you know somebody got caught. You know, fucking a neighbor, right? And they're they didn't want you know. People always say suicide's the coward's way out, and I don't know. I don't having dealt with it in our family, I don't agree to that. I think it is in that case. Yeah, if you don't want to deal with the ramifications of your own actions, sure. but if you're dealing with uh, God damn it, this is getting serious. But if you're dealing with you know forty years of sadness, yeah, why? Who? Why? You know, people always say oh, they also say it's selfish. It's selfish for somebody to do that, right? Isn't it selfish in me to want that guy to stay on Earth sad, yeah, so yeah, that I yeah. don't have to deal with that? Who the fuck am I? That's the definition of selfish. It's yeah. like I know you're not. A, uh, it, it's it's terrible. It sounded like we both just kind of gave suicide a ringing endorsement. It's it's difficult on both sides. Well, you know, it's it's funny because my wife went on Paul Gilmartin's podcast, uh, which is a you know brilliant podcast. If you're not listening to it about mental health, and my wife spoke what is it of uh, the mental health. Happy hour? Mental illness happy hour. Mental illness happy hour. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, Danielle, my beautiful wife, Danielle, went on to talk about her brother doing this and, and basically said that. She goes, I'm not giving a suicide endorsement. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe who are we to tell somebody they can't do that? Right. And, you, know, you know, back in the olden times, I heard this on the NPR, people that wanted to kill themselves would never kill themselves because they would go to hell. It was just, mm. you know, you're raised and there's no internet and there's no reading. You're just told. So everyone knows hell's a real place, first and foremost. And if you kill yourself, you're definitely going there. So you need to be able to repent of your sins. So what people would do is uh, murder a child. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm a person and I'm miserable and I want to die. So I need to murder a, a child, do something... Uh, unforgivable that I will be sentenced to death 
and have time before the state mur- mur- uh, I keep saying murders executes me to repent of the following things murdering the kid uh uh wanting to die and trying to trick God even though because God's like God, you'll, God knows what you're doing and yeah. Then you're like, yeah but I'll still have time to repent on trying to trick him wow so you win and then you get to die isn't that wild yes it's wild it's one of the most wild things I've ever heard I don't this like this American it. life I don't like that. I don't like that either. But Richard Jenny, too, uh, had a million dollar. That's what I think about that all the time. Richard Jenny had a million dollar year, uh, the year that he died. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's sadness. People don't understand that. They're like, well, he's probably broke. No, he was not broke. That guy was making a gazillion bucks. A gazillion. And he was. um, Not that that equates happiness. A phenomenal comedian. Yeah. uh, But he wasn't happy. Right. you know, I mean, I, I, I get very angry at people that say that uh, suicide is the coward's way out. Yeah. You, you, don't, you do not understand that mental state yeah. at all. Can I tell you something about mental state that I don't remember where I learned this? It was either stuff to blow your mind or this American life. But talking about mental states, uh, these, that guy in Texas that went up in the bell tower and shot like 50 people. It, I, okay, I only I, say that. Which one is that? I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to. I mean, but it was classic in the 70s because it was kind of. It Jesus, was. It was the. It was the one that made us all kind of aware of that. Okay. I, I wasn't even born yet, but like uh, that happened. You know why? I, the last time I told this story, they were like, "Oh, you mean the one in the 70s?" Like I didn't know everyone okay. knew, so I didn't want to insult your intelligence. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about it. Guy in Texas goes into bell tower, shoots a bunch of a bunch of people. Some of them die. Most of them are wounded, but still, the guy wrote in his suicide note because he kills himself. Ramifications, guy. Uh, I demand an uh, an autopsy. Um, he had also murdered his family before he left to kill the other people. Um, I demand an autopsy because for the past year I've been feeling a change in my brain. So they do an autopsy and they find a tumor in the exact part of your brain that like controls impulse and reason and like like the carnage part of your brain wow. was getting tickled by this tumor. This doesn't make him not guilty. But Jesus Christ, I I can't even I was going to joke. It kind of does. It doesn't. But it kind of does, but it doesn't. I would never say he's not guilty. But holy fuck, what yeah. do we do with that? Also, this one will really bake your noodle. Pedophiles often, uh, not often, in some cases will have – this guy had a tumor and he, uh, he went to the doctor. I don't – I'm trying to remember the chronology. He started – he was like 40 years old and started feeling like a pedophile, started being attracted to children. Uh, uh, four decades of not, all of a sudden uh, change. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out he has a tumor in his brain. You know, they find that uh, he didn't go to the doctor for pedophilia. <laughs> I, uh, I'm here. Maybe he went to a therapist. But they take the tumor out. He stops being attracted to children. He goes back. Then he starts feeling it again. Goes back to the doctor. They scan him again. It was growing back. Really? It was like the earliest detection was him being aroused by children. And, and smart enough to not act on it, he but didn't, yet he didn't look into it. it. That's, he looked into it. Yeah. So when we talk about uh, uh, the convenience of the tumor, I can't, I can't, I, that's never been said before, is that we have something concrete. If in, in the cases that we're talking about with suicide, they were like, and when they shot himself, we opened up his brain, and there was that uh, tumor in the suicide part. Mm. You know what I mean? That, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. would be like, Oh, it's not the coward's way out. It's this thing in his brain because we're dumb and we want something physical. We want physical. something concrete. Exactly. They took the suicide out of his brain. But if you're like, we need to put you on lithium, we're like, kind of like you were saying about your dad being afraid. Walk it off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking nut up. Yep. And it goes back to that puritanical don't kill yourself because that's a coward and you got to kill some kids if you want to die. Jesus. I know. Suicide by murder. 
A lot of stuff, Jimmy. You broke up with this girl. I am. <laughs> and we're going to tear all that out, right? Um, <laughs> you, uh, so I tell- brought it to a weird spot, and I apologize. No, are you kidding me? If you play the tape bag, you'll see that I, I uh, hopefully grace- gracefully brought us into that, and I hope you're, you don't regret doing that. I do not. 94 breakup. Just tell me. Give me some bullet points, and we'll see if we're interested in it. Hey, we're, not, we're not, but I'll, uh, I started dating this girl in 1989. Uh, she Operation w- Ivy is the talk of Berkeley, California. She just got out of high school. Yeah. I was young myself, 89. Was I 23? No, wait, she wasn't just out of high school then? That sounds horrible. <laughs> wait, 89 and I would be, yeah, I'd be 23, I guess. You started dating an 18-year-old? Hang on, hang on. This is when your math bites you in the ass. Wait a minute. If, uh, 66, uh, 76, 86, yeah, I guess I was. 23 dating 18. No, but she went, that, that's, but that's not true. She's only four years younger than me, so this that can't be, I guess I was 22. Okay, yeah, 22. I guess I was. You were 22. All right, fine. We're good on this. Everybody's cool with it. We're all cool, right, guys? We're in show business. Right, everybody? We're in show business. Everybody's uh, dating a. Uh, we're cool with that, right? Younger bruds. Hmm. <laughs> you just... My wife is seven years younger than me, so. Hey. Uh, hey, buddy. When you were uh, in high school, she was in junior. She was starting. All she that, wasn't. It's all creepy. When you think about it in those terms, it's all creepy. <laughs> Dane Cook has a really funny bit I've seen uh, him work out. Dane Cook about how he dates like he's dating a girl, and uh, <laughs> like she was a she was born the year he graduated. I don't. I'm sorry to rip him off. He definitely doesn't uh, listen to the. I'd be very surprised if he did. So he's on stage. He's like, I graduated college the year that she was born, <laughs> which is fine unless you consider if I graduated <laughs> and pointed at a baby in the crowd <laughs> and went, I'm gonna fuck. Like, that baby. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's a great bit. It's very, very. And by funny. the way, that's a sentence nobody uh, has the balls to say in this world. Uh, Dane Cook. Hey, here's a great Dane Cook bit. Uh, Katie, you'll vouch. I say it pretty regularly. I don't we- listen to this program because I don't care for you. <laughs> Jimmy, I never. That was not what I wanted you to take from that. I may have misunderstood exactly what you were getting <laughs> at then. What I'm saying is, you and I were talking a little bit about we both like to be a little bit iconoclastic. There are people that everybody loves, mm-hmm. and you and I enjoy being like, what's the deal with everybody loving uh, this person per se? Let's let's just explore the world where maybe that person isn't the best in the world. Right. And then also, similarly, everyone hates somebody. I think it's refreshing to go like, have you heard this bit? Like, mm-hmm. it's a great bit. I, You know what? Listen, I, I, as I've said over and over on my podcast, I'm not a Dane basher. I just was making the statement that in this world, everybody seems afraid to, uh, nope, I still got a little bit of uh, okay. Delicious Coca-Cola Zero. Love the Coke Zero. Um, it, it just, nobody says it out loud. and uh, I, But I, I have nothing against that yeah, fella. sure. Good good luck to you. More people come to comedy shows because of Dan. Like when I do a college. Yeah, board. but they're dumb audience people. And, and, you know, Some of them. I blame, you know, I, I don't blame Dane. And I, it's, this, you know, I, I use this awful analogy and it does not work. It does not, this analogy that I'm about to use does not hold up anymore because he's gone fucking nuts. Is that true? But not, not Dane. In the in the in the late eighties, early nineties, when I would travel around this great country before XM Radio and Sirius, and I would travel doing shitty one nighters all over the place, mm-hmm. and I would have eight hours to kill. Well, the only thing on that consistently as you drove west across Iowa was Rush, Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. and so that would be the only thing you can get on your radio. And I would listen to Rush, and I would go, "Well, he's not dumb. He's an entertainer. He's a broadcaster. Yeah, the listener is the dumb one." Interesting. And I was, you know, but he's gone crazy and he's nuts. No, I understand. But Dane, to me, always was, he's just a comic. It's like, uh, what's the horrible guy, Glenn Wool? Not Glenn. Glenn Glenn Beck. Beck. Glenn Beck says his favorite comedian is Jon Stewart. These guys 
know. I think they might know what they're doing. I think they do. These huge success millionaire guys on mm-hmm. television. I think maybe they have a little bit of a Machiavellian streak. I think there's no question. And, and, and again, to me, Rush was just a, a disc jockey. Yeah, who was who found that. You know what? He leans conservative. Yeah. And he's going to talk about it. Yeah. And, and it was always the listener. And he would always argue with the listener. Mm. They would call him and they go, why is Bill Clinton lying, Rush? Why is he lying to us? And blah, blah, blah. And then we go, well, actually, what he's doing there, ma'am, is. And then he would basically, he would give the other side. Like, he was smart enough to know. Interesting. You know, you know what? You're wrong, lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. he's not an evil man. Right. I just disagree with his views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sometimes think about that with the clergy, too. There's, the, there's that element of show business. And, like, I'm, I'm fascinated with, like, you found your audience. It's paying the bills. Mm-hmm. You, you do can, you can fall back and be like, I have a moral compass and I'm doing good. You can definitely say that. But there is a little bit of showbiz to it. I think there has to be. I wanted. I really. Sometimes I'm just like fascinated about being in a like a shipwreck or something with like a clergyman and and you know that ten year mark where the bullshit's really gone away. Mm-hmm. It's gone the way of the seaweed, as we say on the island. Is that what you guys say? Yeah, that's what we say. It's an expression. Well, you're really hoping for the shipwreck. You got the, you got the wording down. The well, whole shot. Just so peaceful. You know. Eighty nine. I mean? I'm dating this girl. Yeah. So no, awful. please get no, into it's it. Awful. Jimmy, are you kidding me? I interrupted you for humor, by the way. I uh, lo- that was it. I, we we dated. What happened? And, Cheat? Uh, My wife cheated on me with a with a short. I always include how short this man was. He was a short Italian man. Oh Jesus! I don't know. Wait, why. do I know your wife? <laughs> I'm a short Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time that if I had met you, you would have reminded me of this pistol starter. I didn't even hate the guy. I actually got along with the guy. Really? You knew him. I knew him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually, I, as I'm talking about him right now, I'm not, like, fighting back rage or anything. I'm just kind of, I, that's a lot of therapy right there. You know, but, that guy did you a favor. In, 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 I mean, in ultimately. In the long run, it, she was the one, that, it's not my business. No. Uh, she, she did not cheat on me. Uh, I was a guy that worked the road and just couldn't be a good boyfriend. And, oh, you cheated on her? Eh, yeah, I, I don't even it know It wasn't so true. much that, it was more like, that's what a weird answer. It was more that you weren't around. I wasn't around. You emotionally and, weren't um, around. And you know what? I think I wanted to fuck around. I think that's what it came down to. I Have th- you seen Sleepwalk with me? No. Ah, you gotta see it. Burbigs? Burbigs. So I don't want to spoil Burbigs' one-man show. Just okay. Go see the movie. Go All right, I'll see. go see it. Uh, go see the movie. But he talks with – it takes a lot, I think, for guys like you and I to be like, holy shit, he's being honest about something difficult. Mm. He talks and explores the world of being a road comedian with a girlfriend and wanting – and he lets himself be kind of villainous. I think he would say that's really? okay. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He kind of expresses like, oh, uh, you know, and I'm I'm putting words in his mouth here, but like I'm trying to remember. It was kind of like – I, I've never really uh, gotten to sow my oats at all, and now I'm in a position where I could. He doesn't, he doesn't apologize, nor does he uh, you know, make any excuses for himself. He just says exactly what you just well, said. That, I mean, for, that's what it was for me. I was 22, 23. And look, I, I, the truth is I had a good run. When I managed a record store, I had a good run with, with, the, with the girls that would come in there. Right? Is that right? I talk, people make fun of me on my podcast because you know, I worked in the record store in the, in the greatest time to ever work in a record store, the 80s. Where you, if you worked at a record store, you were the coolest guy at the mall. And whether you had an awful mullet or whatever, you know, ill-fitting Chicago tour shirt you were wearing, yeah. you were the guy that managed the record store. So the girls, 
you know, idolized you. It sounds so weird. It was so crazy. So That's, they would come. You'd pick up girls browsing, or yes, you'd ring them up. Where's the exchange? You'd, you'd go, give them. You go up and you would talk about uh, you know oh, the new Duran Duran, or you you know, hey, have you heard Paul Young's new album? I mean, whatever it would be, because they went in with a reverence. They liked yes. you already. Yes, which is uh, funny that you then became a comedian. Well, then I'm you know I'm funny and charming. And by the way, I, I was never funnier or more charming than I was then. You're trying to get back to that premium. It was. I mean, that was. That's what I mean. I had no outlet. I wasn't on stage. Yeah. So I was able to be funny. Jimmy, you just said there. a mouthful, man. Remember back in the day yes. before we had outlets. I was hilarious at Sunday school. I was a riot at a barbecue. The funniest guy in the world. And now, now we way, go. Me at a barbecue. I'm a fucking dullard. Yeah. Oh, well, boy, Pardo, I thought he was funny. Get me the guy that needs to prove that he's funny. Right. I bet and, he's and, a hoot. But by the way, <laughs> who is funny? He is not funny. the guy that everybody goes. You right. know who's funny? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that guy's not funny. He's not funny. The guy who is. I, Give me the guy next line. to that guy That's making guy. fun of the guy. The guy. Yeah, That's yeah. The, guy. the second he is there, anything we? I'm sorry to keep alluding to before we were on mic, but is there anything more bonding than like kind of hating something together? It's. it's it, what, what you, I, it's so far what you just said. I always said about when people would ask me, was I the class clown? Uh, no, I let that guy do all the heavy lifting, and I made fun of him with one sentence. Yeah, and I would win. I was the guy mocking the class clown. Always. He would. He's the way wacky, wacky. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I would go, I'm gonna, yeah. And boom, yeah. He sits down at his desk. Pardo's the hero. Uh, um, why reinvent the wheel? Right. Let this guy throw himself to the lions. Let you be the fucking clown. And then the you make jester. fun of his gizzards. Um. <laughs> Do you so, have gizzards? So here's so back to that. Yes. I'm on the road, and my girlfriend uh, Jennifer, uh, beautiful young lady, and great, and she was uh, very young. She was young. She was young. <laughs> and and I was. You're on the road, and and as great as the record store was, this is different, man. And you know, I'm sure Berbiglia talks about it. You're on stage, yeah. and you're going to Chillicothe, Ohio, yep. and you're from Chicago. Well, you're a fucking star Just to them. from being from Chicago. Just from being from Chicago. Great line and funny people that I think of, of often. I'm a faithful person. I am not a cheater. I'm going to say that because mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm endorsing suicide, and now I'm endorsing cheating. But he says, because uh, he cheats on Leslie Mann in that movie. Do you remember? It's like, why didn't it work out with Leslie Mann? I was like, because I cheated on her, and uh, Seth, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogen is like, how could you cheat on her? And he goes... Yeah, it's easy to be faithful when no one wants to fuck you. You know what I'm yeah, just yeah. like. I mean, yeah, that's if you're a fucking movie star and you're faithful, good on good you. Good on man. you, man. Get, get, it's, go so, on. So please that's keep what going. it was. That's what, you know. So I didn't want to cheat. I didn't want to be that guy. So I, you know, I think we should see other people. That whole pussy bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we broke up for three years. Yeah, and mm. they got back together in 1993. Moved in together March of '94. Broke up in September '94. Um, I believe she uh, uh, had an incident while I was on the road. I can't confirm that, but I believe that's the case. Um, <laughs> and rightfully so. I wasn't around. I was a horrible boyfriend. Uh, because I, I, of the absence? not You weren't coming home a day? Or were you... I, you know what? I care. I, look, it, it, I was just starting to get funny. <laughs> and I was being... <laughs> I was nice very sentence. narcissistic. And, uh-huh. and, all I, and, and I didn't... I, I try so... And I was also a drunk, uh, but I tried so much to care about other people, and I always have, uh, that this was a time where I didn't know how to care for other people. I only cared about being a, a successful comedian, mm-hmm. and um, and even if that meant doing a string of shitty one-nighters, mm-hmm. th- that was more important to me. Like, I remember this poor girl, she came down, and we, it, it, Peoria, oddly enough, we went down and did uh, Peoria, 
And I, and she lived with her parents. And here we have a free hotel. And I say, hey, let's drive home tonight so that I can make the comic softball game tomorrow. Like, I only cared about me and getting... Who gives a shit about the comic softball yeah. game? You know, you live... You, you know, I was living with my parents because I didn't... You know, my mom said, don't pay rent. You know, live mm-hmm. here because mm-hmm. you're never home. Mm-hmm. She lived with her parents. So we had nowhere to have sex except my car. And I'm in my 20s. It's embarrassing. Right. We have a free hotel room. Yeah. And I got to get... Let's drive home tonight so I can get to that softball game. Yeah. I mean, that that was... It was more important for me to be accepted in, in, in the world of comedy than it was to be a good boyfriend. Mm. And... um so anyway, then we ended up, you know, moving in together. That was a fucking disaster. What was that decision like? What does that feel? What does that look like? I think we just decided. Like, I, I thought that would make well, everything you okay. To... Yeah, okay. Like, there it okay, is. well, we'll live together, and then at least when, at least when I don't know why I became Luigi the pizza maker. At least when, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least when I'm home, <laughs> we're together. Like a mozzarella yeah, with a like tomato, with a tomato sauce on top of the dough. <laughs> So that's what it was, uh, and that was a horrible mistake. We, oh, are you okay? I'm okay as a man who married yes. because that's what you do, and yes. this will make life good. And and you know, I'm thinking about you being a sensitive person and not wanting to hurt people. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like at the price of your truth, there's a therapy term. Mm. Would you would you jeopardize? Did you have a voice? Do you remember a voice being like, "I shouldn't move in no. with this girl"? No, 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 no. Oh, you didn't? No, no. She was. I thought she was the love of my life. Really? Yeah, yeah. I right. really did. I mean, because I, you know, I pined for her. That three years we were broken up. I pined. I wanted. It's hard to get n- a good pine. Just. Okay, I don't know what that means. It's no. wood related. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I wanted nothing but her. I wanted. It was like, oh, oh God. If, if she, like, I would have dreams of. Uh, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'm gonna come, come back from a gig and she's waiting outside of my house, mm. like you know, like a stupid John Hughes movie. Like I had these visions, and then you mean your house on the road? Uh, no, like my, like I would come back from the road oh and she would be in front of my parents house waiting for me like james spader leaning yeah, against a, a car you know uh you know so like i i, I but wa- you wanted comedy so badly you you continued to i continued to just not give a shit decay like it. i needed i wanted her but didn't didn't care about it. i i that's not fair i cared i, oh, I'm all I know what you're saying though because listen i am only saying this not to interrupt but to empathize is the idea that like when I was married, I sure did love my wife mm. and I was a good husband, but I also relate so much to what you're saying. There was this concurrent, insane desire to be embraced by a community yes. that was a front runner. I would always be offended when people would imply that I wanted uh, comedy as much as I wanted uh, romantic love. And now I would say when I look back at that time, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's why my wife leaving me is, is like the right thing. Like she should do that. It's like fucking beat it. You're not getting what you need. And that doesn't look like what you think it looks like. It wasn't me on the road all the time, but there was something burning. It's just a little candle in the back of my brain at all times. We're at a meal and she knows I'm thinking about it. Yes. You know what I mean? I, ugh, she, ugh, so much yearning. It's hard to be with someone yearning it, all over the place. And, 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 and <laughs> my guess, she should have left. You know, it's like I, I could say now, you know, 18 yeah. years later, yeah, whatever the yeah, hell yeah. it is. But yeah, she should have. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I mean, th- that softball thing speaks volumes. I yeah. mean, that, that's, I, I mean, that's, that's just one example, but that's exactly where I was. That's what it is. Everything was, let, I got to get back. Yeah. You know, hey, we're going to go out tonight. Okay, I got to go to Catch a Rising Star. Yeah. Are we going to go? I got I to gotta go to the Funny Firm. I got to go here. I got to go there. And It's a weird guy that on a quiet evening at home, and I've calmed down a little bit, and I say that to defend myself because I don't want to feel like a sociopath that can't have real relationships because mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. But we're talking about in the prime of the urine. Yes. You know what I mean? You haven't done shit. I loved when you said I was just starting to get funny. 
you just see like a little bit of muscle on your body. Yeah, right. I, you know, your comedy body. And you're just kind of like, haven't seen it on the real body. But, it, you, you know, you start feeling that and you're getting close. Where was I going with that? It's a weird guy that on a quiet night at home is like, I could just go and hang out at Zany's. What? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I, I would, wouldn't always feel that way. Uh, and still enjoy, you know, watching a, a feature film or whatever. But uh, back in those days, it was like but, I could, I could but, uh, talk to Robert Buscemi tonight. You're right. You I mean, know no, I, I know Robert Buscemi. <laughs> you do? Sure. Oh, he's a delight. Robert, he's a. Uh, but I was so, wears a hat. He wears, Does he not wear he wears a hat? Fedoras and stuff. Yes. And I was like, I really want Robert to like me real bad. And, and meanwhile, my wife is like fading from me emotionally, <laughs> which I don't even notice because I just wrote a new joke about rubber cement. <laughs> You're so right. I mean, but that's what it was. So, you know, so then she left and then, you know, uh, which was, you know, in hindsight, it's the best thing to happen to me. Yeah. And, and probably to her. Yeah. You know. Good uh, for that. Right. Right. Good on them. Good on her for figuring out. getting. But but the reason I went to therapy is that I didn't I was not smart enough to understand everything I'm saying to you now has taken me 18 years to figure out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then it was. You know, you cheating whore! Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you do this to yeah, me? Yeah. Well, you weren't there, you asshole. Right, right, right. You were, you were absent. Yeah. This woman needed something, and you weren't giving it to her. Right. And good for her for getting it. I call that a ten thousand dollars statement because that's how much therapy it takes. It does take it takes a, a lot, lot of, of dough, brother. I don't know what Gary Penn costs, but it uh, not cheap. I don't. Doubt <laughs> it. But uh, he works on a scale. He'll well, slide. He'll slide that scale. Well, listen, I got an infinity. Now here's the thing. <laughs> um. Uh, but then, luckily, you know, I moved here and I was a, I was a lush. And uh, but then I met my beautiful wife in uh, 1998. We've been dating uh, since 1998, and then uh, and then we got married six uh, six eight years ago. Hmm. Um, and how uh, old were you when you married? Uh, it was eight 2004, years. eight years ago. What am I? Forty six minus eight, thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I did the math that time. I was thir- Is that right? Does that sound right? Yeah, thirty eight. Oh, so and your wife's thirty-one. That that works out. Yeah, when you got married. Yeah, that's lovely. So uh, and she's a comedian. She's a, she's a. Do I know your wife? Am I going to be an asshole? Elaine Boozler. Um, <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> that joke. I love that joke because there's no way for the other person to respond. Yeah. Because uh, if it is Elaine Boozler, you want to mock me, but yeah. for reasons I don't understand, because I think Elaine is a. A wonderful comedian and funny. Uh, it's the name Elaine Boozler. It's the name Elaine yeah, Boozler. Yeah, yeah. If so, her name was Pat Clayner, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> I wouldn't use it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. I don't say Margaret Smith. It's not funny. Right. Uh, exactly. You know, but uh, but Elaine Boozler is a funny name it's to say. A funny name. But you can't go. You you have to go. What? what? Yeah. You know because I, I know it's not Elaine Boozler. Of course, because I saw it on your Wikipedia page, and I know it's uh, Danielle Koenig. Danielle is my Koenig. wife, and she's currently writing on a. Uh, she was writing for Joan Rivers for a while. Uh, she was. Uh, she's a comedy writer, basically mm-hmm. at this point. She, but she's done comedy. She's, she's been on Premium Blend. She was on Premium Blend. Sure, uh, I was on the last season of Premium Blend. Who was the host? I show. I show up and shut things down. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no more of that. Uh, Damon Wayans, I believe, or Marlon Wayans, one of the Wayans. It was a Wayans. She had. I had Tommy Davidson, and then she had. What if I was like, oh yeah, it was Tommy Davidson? <laughs> like I just, I clump him in with the Wayans. Well, you know what's funny? Although they're similar, for whatever reason, now that we're thinking about it, because she had an African American host as mm. well. It's like. Apparently, the Premium Blend enjoyed having the African Americans host. Well, Premium Blend does refer to coffee. It's How sure you guys doing? Today? Come on, folks! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Woo. It's not called the Dairy Farm, folks. Oh, Jesus! You want to start that show? Premium Blend, yeah, yeah. The white male comedy <laughs> show. Isn't that every? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, every one. <laughs> that's Premium Blend, except for the host. Yeah, and you know, and a couple of brads. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of what? Brads. Oh, a couple of brads. Southside Chicago. A couple of brads. Yeah, that, that guy. I'm going out with those brads. 
<laughs> you actually knew people that used the term broad. Oh, and, and said it like that, yeah. Brads. Yeah, brads. Hey, yeah, we'll, Jim, brads. we'll go down, we'll get a couple of bears and uh, try to pick up some brads. Really? Yeah, sure. Oh, God. Steve, funny. there was a, a DJ's uh, Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer in Chicago, uh, who were my idols growing up. Uh, they would always make fun of that South Side. Is that right? Gun. It's a great accent. So your wife, funny, bro- funny broad. Funny lady. She's uh, funny lady. brilliantly funny. I'm, you, you know, it's one of those things where like, whenever you meet a comedy couple, yeah. one, one of them isn't, usually is not funny. Like one of them's kind of along for the ride. You mean then, they're both in showbiz? Yeah, or they're, they're both in comedy. Yeah, but you, yeah, know, you like, mean what I think you mean, which not just funny people, but two people in two comedy. Two people in comedy. Yep. Yes, in show business. And isn't that, that why they're a terrible idea? That one of them will be the not funny one. Yes, but that's my point. I'm lucky in that my wife is amazingly funny yeah. and successful and talented. And I'll throw in not jealous. Never not jealous. Uh, not jealous of me. And uh, See, that's troubling. I'm not jealous of her. She may, you know, like when we first started dating, it was rough because she was, she had her own thing going on. But the second we started dating, she got the, you know, the moniker Jimmy Pardo's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that was not fair to her. Mm-hmm. So I made an effort of not going to any of her shows mm-hmm. because I wanted her to be her own person mm-hmm. and, um, and, and develop as a comic. And, That's what and, Jamie Lee and I would do. Never watched each other. Who? You know, Jamie Lee. Very funny comedian. You dated Jamie Lee? You know Jamie Lee? Does she, does she run a show at. Uh, no, she does not. Somebody else runs that no, show. No, she might. She runs Abby the show. Lunder, I think, runs the show at, at Genghis Khan. But uh, I think Jamie Lee was on that. Okay, yeah. That sounds right. Is she blonde? No, Abby Lunder's blonde. Did you date Abby, Abby Lunder? Abby, Abby Blonder. Wait, uh, <laughs> Jamie Lee. She was on the show I did there. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah, question yeah, in yeah, my yeah, mind yeah, she yeah. was on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we she, would never watch each other. It was actually kind of, when I think back on that, I think it's kind of sweet. Like, you duck out. How long have you guys uh, not been dating? Oh, we're, 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 she's one of my absolute best friends. I love her to death. But Crazy about her. That's a weird answer. Genius. Remember? Isn't that what I say? Yeah. Uh, she and I have been broken up for years. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, she wrote on my pilot. Uh, hmm? What? I think that hurt your show. Why? I don't know. I Why would you? I, what? No, I was still in the bed. I, oh, I, 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 I was still in the bed. I didn't bed. know what happened. I was still in the bed. I will take one of those waters. I felt bad uh, because uh, earlier you kind of did a bit and I didn't play. And I was like, oh, I, I should show Jimmy that I enjoy it. Yeah, I but then I panicked playing. and then it all went bad because I'm an great. asshole. No, you're not an asshole. In fact, that is the thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the sensitivity. That's what's weird. Uh, how's that water going? I can't open it. You got to grip just the... Got it. You got it with his mouth. You know why? It's these new... We're saving the planet by making these caps... Yeah. At what cost my blood and your mouth? And now I got to use a band aid. Yeah, and that wastes plastic. Can we find something better than a band aid? By the way, what's wrong with a band aid? I'll tell you what's wrong with a band aid. See, see, I nervously kind of bit my thumb. You ever just? Uh, I'm trying to get your better cuticle. About that. Your cuticle. Yeah, I, it, I, is that the cuticle? The, the part. Isn't that, isn't of that the, the cuticle? Side, the side of the fingernail that isn't very. There's not a lot of nerve endings in there, so you can take it. Yeah, I don't like what I'm saying either. Uh, but you can bite it. But that's not a good spot for a Band-Aid anyway. It's a terrible spot for a Band-Aid, which is why I'd like to see if someone could please... Uh, two things I'd like. Well, they got liquid Band-Aids. They got what? Liquid bandage. It's so funny that you say that, because that's why I was like, maybe I should use a liquid bandage. Put it on there with a little, uh, the, that little brush? The, that was in my rubber cement bit that cost me a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't have a rubber cement bed. I want to talk about sensitivity because you canceled on me. And then I I, I think, you know, one of the things that I can't talk enough about is anxiety because I want 
people to know that like it's a thing, it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's a an electricity going through all of us. Mulaney brilliantly called it uh, free cocaine. Like it gets your heart rate going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll keep you up. There's an upside to it. You don't want to have too. You don't want to have no anxiety. Then you'll do nothing. You don't have too much because then you'll be crippled by it. You want to be just in the middle. You know what I'm saying? But you, I relate to what you're saying so much. You cancel on me and then I say it's fine and then I don't rebook you right away uh, just because I didn't even think of it. Or just life happened or whatever happened, happened. happened, right? I have a hard time. Maybe it's narcissism. Is it? Thinking if someone doesn't get back to me, someone ignores me, someone kicks me off something, I will fantasize something that causes me anxiety. I think my brain enjoys that. My brain is like, oh, let's put this through the anxiety wash. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, you right? think your brain enjoys yes. it? Yes. It's. I've, I've said it before. My brain is comfortable when it's when it's worrying, so it likes to worry. <sighs> it, I I hate the phrase drama queen. I hate that we, you know that I need drama in my life to be happy, but I I, I fear that's true. Yeah, is that I right? I fear that I need a little bit of that. I gotta constantly be. As I'm discovering, and I, and I try to be so fucking positive. And, you know, my mother described my comedy. She came to see me once, and I was I was going through my angry phase. Uh. And uh, and and I told her the next day she was wrong. Even though now, 15 years later, I will tell her she was 100 percent right. Yeah, uh, that she said that, but that's not you. You're the happy-go-lucky, sarcastic guy. That's funny. And it was like Jesus. That that's who I am. But you're wrong, mom. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing something yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in my head, going, oh, she might be right about this. Yeah. Um, and then in retrospect, my God, was she 100% right? But, yeah. But yeah. We, we have to go outside of ourselves to find I think it. so. I think I had to get really angry on stage to find the fake anger that I do. You <laughs> uh-huh, know what I mean? To, uh-huh. to find the, the anger with a wink. Mm-hmm. Um, but my whole point was uh, exactly. I tried to be a positive guy and yeah. I, tried to, uh, I tried to get along with everybody and I tried to uh, be happy and just be happy-go-lucky. And I, and I think I succeed for the most part, but I think comedically – we have to have that other side to us. And I think so in that, res- in, in that respect, I will call Matt Belknap and go, hey, what the fuck about blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's just so that I can be mad about something. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. I, could, I could get that out somewhere. It's so funny. Yeah. You're making me think that, that I, I love that stuff, too. If I see my friend and realize there's a story of some injustice. Yes. That I will be lit up. And I like therapy. We want our therapy to be engaging. If there's something that's eating me alive, I recently realized that I do this, and I don't want to sound like I'm detached from my own life. But when I'm going through problems, I'll often. I wrote it on my hand once. I wrote "good episode." Like if my life were a show, Mm -hmm. people would be like, "This is a good one." What's Pete going to do? It helps me minimize my problems, but it also makes me think that I don't think I'm manufacturing it, but I sure am attracting some tales. Some yeah, stories. I think you're, and, and I, I think in our, you know, again, we're, I think we're discovering that we're oddly we're very similar. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why therapy. I kind of stopped going to therapy too. Is like because I all this anxiety, I would get out with my friends. Yeah, you know that fucking uh, guy's got this going on. What about this? I, I didn't get that part. Yeah, and I would, and and, and my wife will also, uh, by the way, will tell you that stuff like that rolls, I rolls off me very easily. Not, not getting, getting parts. Yes. Uh, the pilot, on the other hand, was not dead. That did not go away so easily. Yeah, I got to talk to you um, about that, man. That's what we're going to talk about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your, your wife and anxiety. Well, I that mean, was uh, so just that's certainly distracting, right? Yeah, the, it's so fun. Well, you know, Chris Hardwick made a start late. No, it wasn't Chris Hardwick. It was uh, Jonah. Jonah Ray. 
<laughs> Did, didn't I call him some bad words? You were not just happy for fun. with Jonah. For just, just for fun. It was all for fun. Of he course. didn't even know that he was supposed to be here, but that doesn't stop us from just, <laughs> just leaning into that guy. Um, so fun. Let's talk about the pilot. Can I tell you why? I'm going to set up why I want to talk about the pilot. Yeah. And, and I asked you if it was okay to talk yeah, about the pilot, I said which, okay. I, which I've never done. Because... Um, I've been having what I uh, t- uh, Chris and Charles just did the program. See, I love show business too. Chris and Charles was just on the program, and uh, we talked about. I called it host partum depression because we put all this effort into something. Yes, and then it's birthed, and then it exists. The show exists, the pilot exists, and then your involvement with it is done. It's, it's almost like a, I'm a surrogate, and I gave mm-hmm. birth, and now the baby is uh, you know being reviewed. <laughs> and uh, lately, it's been I'm turning out of it. Uh, it's actually this this conversation is so lovely, and I love being engaged, and it's making me very feel present. So that's actually helping and lovely. But uh, I, I want it, it seems like, and I know you worked really hard on your pilot, and I thought your pilot was great. I think that goes without saying. You were on I, the I, pilot. I was on the pilot. Yes, I was a guest on your. Very pilot. grateful to have you, and I was very grateful, to, and I will do it again for the for the for the next one. Can I say that? Yeah, well, we, we, we're not probably going to ask you, but I hear what you're getting at. What if that were true? Ah! That's how I told you. I thought you were just about to throw in the towel and be like, I don't think I'm going to get it. And then you turned it right back on me. No, it's on you. Well, okay. It was called The the Writer's Room. It was called uh, Jimmy Porter Needs Jokes. Oh, that's right. When I did it as a live stand-up show, it was called The Writer's Room. It was called The Writer's Room. Yeah, yeah. And then we're doing it again live uh, in September called that. And then we're doing a web version of it. Is that right? uh, For the Nerdist channel, actually, for the Nerdist video. And uh, we don't have a name for that yet because we cannot use Jimmy Barnett's jokes or the writer's room. Why not the writer's room? That was the original name in the contract with Comedy Central. Uh... So we need to... They gave me the rights back mm-hmm. uh, to use it for the webisodes, and, uh, but we need a new name. Interesting. So go right ahead. So yeah, you work hard. And, and more importantly, you know, you're off the market for a year. At least I was. Our thing took forever to... You know, yeah, yeah, get signed and it all takes that, a while, and yep. then to shoot, and then to wait. And, and then... you, what I remember hearing was that you were like not fucking around and did a lot of practice shows. We did. Uh, you know what? Here's what we did, and, and I learned this from my game show world because I've hosted a gazillion game show pilots in my lifetime. And you do these game show pilot, uh, you do run throughs in conference rooms with interns. Interns are the contestants, and you work the game out in a conference room. I've done I've done those. Um, I've done one of those. What'd you do? Cause I, I came in for a game show on Comedy Central, uh, and it was all I did was try to learn the rules. It was so con- it was so convoluted. Mm. It was so difficult. And they were like, "You just got a jibber jabber," and I was like, oh, "What the boy. fuck am I doing?" There were so many rules. So I've been in a, a dull conference room well, where I you, died. You do that. I mean, yeah. And, and then you work out the jibber jabber. You know, the jibber jabber thing doesn't work. Jibber jabber's not playing. Uh, and so I learned from that of of let's you know you know do test shows. But instead of, you know, we have the ability now with, the, with Meltdown mm-hmm. and with the UCB Theater uh, and the Comedy Central stage that you could, you could do it with an audience. You don't have to. So I always said, this is our conference room. Let's take the writer's room and let's make the con- let's not do it in a conference room because mm-hmm. we don't learn from that. You know, we could go, ah, maybe that works. And then when you go to shoot it, it won't work. So let's let's conference room this at Meltdown. Right. Let's, with an audience. With an audience. Real peeps. And, and you know, and, and, was, and I always felt and I feel the same way like I'm doing uh, this other game show, Running Your Trap, which we're revisiting. Same thing. We're doing a show, as a matter of fact, tomorrow night. Hey. And, uh, hey, how you doing, brother? <laughs> so, um, but I always say at the end, as long as the audience is entertained, we're still doing our job of entertaining them while conference rooming these shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, we worked very hard on doing the mm-hmm. long answer, but there was a reason behind it. Yeah. Of doing these live shows, of working the kinks out and tightening the screws and all that. 
uh, as long as the audience got a, as long as they laugh for an hour, right? We we did our job at the theater, you know, and but yet we learned on how to make a better TV show. And you, yeah, and the, and the show went well. It went very, uh, you know, you were on the first one. The truth is, we were still working some kinks out, and the second one went better, flawless, really. Um, and then we put together a very nice pilot, and then um, sadly we were not picked up. Uh, Jesselnick was picked up, Schumer was picked up, and a guy named Ben Hoffman is that his name? Does that sound accurate, Ben Hoffman? Sounds like a person. Uh, Ben Hoffman? They were the three pilots that got picked up. Yeah. And mine... And many others. I'm sure there's other people that were disappointed as well. But uh, right, where you, other other pilots were passed upon. Yes. How long did you wait between? I got very lucky in that uh, you know, like some of the folks that were passed on had wait. You know, they waited six months. Yeah. But I I was the last of the pilots to shoot, so I only waited four weeks, maybe. Mm. And you know, was that hard? Did you have postpartum? Oh, I call it community theater depression. I, I also call it summer camp blues. That's it. It's uh, you. I have so many names for it. You miss the community of it. You miss that. It's like, and then you and you and you're with those people every day. Yeah. And you're working so hard on it, and then it's just over. And then it's just over. It's just over. I went to the set the next day. It was gone. Right. Right. Gone it's, set. It's like just done. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you know, uh, see, and then you can't even say see you tomorrow. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so like, part of you wants it to get picked up so you can get that feeling back. Yeah. And then of course, part of you wants to get picked up because you know it's it's you know Jimmy Pardo needs jokes. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? My name's yeah. in the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah they can't yeah. replace me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's you in a fight in five years <laughs> you know, when the show goes. You see my name on that board? You see that, Jimmy Pardo. I'm like the mozzarella on the pizza. Right. And you only do, the guy you, in the room. You only do pizza analogies. <laughs> that's, why that's why we should move in together, and that's why I got my show. It's the one. Uh, so you find out, and, uh, and you know, uh, it's a it's a huge bummer. I was as, bummed for you. As my wife always, as, as I've said, she always, you know, marvels at how well I take. No, as I've said, I've hosted. Yeah, what did that? F- a gazillion pilots. Yep. In my talk show, game show. Well, man on the street show, whatever it would be, Jimmy Pardo is the king of pilots. Yeah, and uh. but this was the first one where it was Jimmy Pardo is in the title, mm-hmm. and and so it was like, okay, there's another one. Right, it, it didn't. I didn't get this one. And so that doesn't look like you not shaving or what? It doesn't look like you wearing a robe in oh, public for for two weeks. I was fine, and then <laughs> Danielle was commenting that I was getting angry about nothing. And that I was eating ice cream like a crazy person. <laughs> and I finally went, I'm pissed off. Yeah. I'm pissed off and sad that, yeah, that, yeah. that the Jimmy Pardo pilot did not get picked up. And um, and then I realized I gained 10 pounds because I was eating. I, I mean, I literally was eating ice cream every night, like, you know, like a, a bad, you know, Nora Ephron movie. I would lay in, <laughs> in, in, on the couch watching Criminal Minds and eating ice cream. Yeah. And, um, like Tony Soprano. I feel like on that couch. Yeah, he ate so much ice cream. I just eating yeah. it and, and going, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm Isn't that more weird. Running to Seven Eleven to get more ice cream. I mean, it not never in my head going. Wait, there's something going on here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you, here you are. Here we are. Happy go luckies. Yes. And it's interesting that you said something that I often think, which is uh, an effort is made to be happy. You know, I, it's not artificial, but like you're trying to keep the swing of your dick pointed to the moon is what I like to say. And again, it's because of what we've chosen I've to do. It's hard. <laughs> that, by the way, thank God you've never said that because it's horrible. It's horrible. And I, was, I, I was just letting it pass because yeah, I didn't sure. want it to even I didn't even want to talk about it for yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a great joke. I said, what's it like to not have a pilot get picked up? And you said, 
What did I say? You said, well, you're about to find out. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> My pilot had a lot of jokes about the pilot not getting picked Is up. Is that true? Yeah. I thought was, uh, they actually told us, uh, the wonderful Jeff Ross was like, maybe uh, fewer jokes. Maybe fewer jokes about Referencing the it being a pilot. Actually, just, I don't even think it was the failure. It was just like he wanted it to have a little Look showbiz. Look like a show. Yeah. Be, be a showbiz person. That, you know, that's what I always felt like about uh, with the pilot, too. I, I always said, let's pre- like. In the in the end, I said for those of you joining us for the first time, here's how our show works. Ah. And, and people are like, well, but this is this is the first yeah. time people haven't seen it before. The focus group doesn't know that. Yeah, let them think this is episode four. Yeah, why 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 let them know? We hope you like this new idea. Yeah 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 yeah. Let them think this is the fourth one, you cocksuckers. Yeah. You that's haven't great. seen the first three. What do you think of the fourth one? Yeah. And they were like, that's brilliant. Yes! Uh, Pick it up! Look at this. I love being in the presence of this anger. I, it takes me so it's so long to uncover my own. I love that we found a little bit of yours. It's, it's, it's a delight. It goes back to what my therapist says about showing your real self and letting people love you for that. You, Jimmy Pardo, were mad and sad eating ice cream, and it was a good show. But I was doing it privately, Yeah. and then it was the wake-up call when Danielle said something. It was like, I gotta, I gotta shake out of this. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta move on, and, um, and uh, I, think I, I think I'm there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I'm still kind of a... I, I... What are the dreams? Like, you're dreaming about it still? No! Are you sure about that? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean because, like... I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and realize I just had like a hyper realistic dream of getting notes on the pile. Well, here's the thing: <laughs> like be, be, a grossly realistic. I will, I will admit this: it's easier knowing it's done mm. than it is wondering. Mm-hmm. Because if every time the phone would ring, hey, maybe that's them picking up the show, mm. or maybe it's them telling me it's not. Mm-hmm. You know. N- the fact Kristen Shaw said the same thing. Who did? Kristen. She's the only other person I've really talked about the pilot. Every time you said, I think you're saying Chris and Charles, and I don't know who those two <sighs> people are. You ever see Flight of the Conchords? Chris and Charles. Oh, those are good guys. They're so good. They're, the, they're the two stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> we know you. <laughs> uh, Please continue on no, your sadness. No, I. But, but that's what <laughs> it is. Your anger. I think once you you, you better know here, and I heard your pilot went very well, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, the, once you hear yay or nay, y- yes, if it's nay, you'll spin sad. And you should allow yourself that. Yeah. Um, but you will feel, at least you'll have, I hate the word closure, but you'll have it. Yeah. And it was like, all right. But I, my closure didn't come for two weeks later is my point. Yeah. For two weeks, I, 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 ice cream. I, I denied it. You ice creamed as a verb. Yes. <laughs> and gained 10 pounds in two weeks. Yeah. Like some crazy guy doing it for a roll or something. Yeah, yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. Jimmy, are you uh, padding up for... Uh... No, I'm good, good. <laughs> oh, God, fuck Comedy Central. People make mistakes. <laughs> plug, plug. Hey, where's the pie? Jimmy Pardo needs pie. Oh, geez, that's not a bad program. <laughs> Go to the Food Network. <laughs> so, I have a lot of things I could ask you at this juncture. What is that? What are we What are we doing now? I'm trying to uh, revive Running Your Trap, or it's now called Bluff You, which is a, a game show and or uh, or a panel show. I love shows where you have to lie. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I always used to love that uh, card game bullshit where you go two eights, but you put them face down. I don't know that game. It's a fun game. I like it. And you're, you're trying to get rid of your cards. And if I say bullshit, okay, we have a, I have a bunch of cards, and you have a bunch of cards, and then I put them, but it has to be like eight people. So I used to play at a camp. I'm a camp guy. Sure. So I'm playing cards, and I would go uh, two twos, right? And then uh, the, the people around you would look and be like, well, I have one two. Mm-hmm. 
You could have two twos. But if you have four twos, you know I'm lying. So you say bullshit. And then I reveal. And if it's not two twos, I have to take the cards that are all in the discard pile. If it is two twos, the person called bullshit has to take all the cards. It's super fun. Very, very fun. I used to love the theater of that game. Do you think it's still fun in your 30s? Because it sounds like a child's game. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't <laughs> It sounds great. <laughs> no, it would be way too easy. As, as yeah, I think it would be too much. But yeah. the, there was no that, that was my like first spin at acting. Mm-hmm. And you were like, let's get into this. You were like a theater guy. I find that interesting. Sure, I was. Not uh, not interesting. I mean, no. I mean, I was, but uh, you but, still are. No, you. But that was your foray into. Oh, college. I thought I was going to be a, you know an actor in, on sixteen magazine covers. Uh, you know, uh, just I, just a gateway drug into comedy. I thought I was going to be Michael J. Fox. I mean, yeah. I, I thought uh, you know I was going to move here and be a sitcom star. Okay. Uh, you know, I moved here in '86 to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. The year the Red Sox lost the World Series. Okay. Bill, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Buckner, Buckner, sure. The great <laughs> Billy Buck. <laughs> who I met him uh, when I was a kid when he played for the Cubs, and he signed his uh, picture to Jim Bill Boo. <laughs> Bill Boo? It's just Bill, like he stopped it, it just, it just was B-U. <laughs> that was the signature. And then, like a squiggle. <laughs> but, it, but it looks like Bill Boo. It's like, come on, Billy Buck. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, Billy Buck. Yeah, let's go that sake. route. Uh, <laughs> Please. But it was, yeah, Bill Boo. I also met Bill Buckner, uh, and I wanted to just tell him it was okay. Don't worry about it, Billy. Well, the world won't let him think it's okay. Is that true? Well, the Red poor, Sox. The guy made a fucking. It's the ball went through his legs for for the ninety nine point nine percent of my listeners that don't probably watch sports. The ball went through his legs at an important game, it, and really through his legs. It looks like he threw it. It yeah. looks like he went. Okay, here's the, here's the shot I have to make my million dollars yeah, by yeah, throwing yeah. the game. They came out and handed him the dirty check. Yeah, like it was like before the, the game was over. Like it was that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, well, he couldn't have possibly um, have. Uh, that's not distracting. <laughs> Two guys completely lost their train of thought. It could have been. I like Katie to tell us when we're at ninety. Of course, it made sense. Ninety minutes, and the fact that you and I are both professionals that do this on and, yeah, and still somehow when she did it, like uh, lost train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must comment on it as to not look dumb. Are you a conspiracy person when you see something? No, like no. I you, hate conspiracy theorists. Really? I can't stand them because you can never. Uh, you not can't win. To win because every argument is that's what they want you to think. Yeah. It is kind of a bulletproof argument. It really is. Every time. My favorite anti-conspiracy thing is that, like, uh, no one's smart enough to do the, the things. Like, I used to be huge. You want to talk about your one-man show on 9-11. I used to be huge uh, into – it was an anxiety reduction thing to think about how it could have been done uh, by our government or whatever. Uh, I just got flagged. <laughs> Nobody cares. Everybody on the internet's talking about that. But, uh, but then my manager, David Rath, is always like, uh, no, man, nobody's, no, nobody's smart enough. Nobody's smart enough to make uh, JFK this, that, or the other. But I think we're both wrong. You know what I mean? If, if I'm a hardcore conspiracy guy, I'm wrong. So you are a conspiracy guy. No, I enjoy them. I do enjoy them. But not anymore. Not since I've turned 30, probably. But there was a time when I was in New York, couldn't get enough of uh, the Illuminati, couldn't get enough of uh, secret lizard people. All that stuff is just so fascinating to me. Like, if I told you that, like, all the bloodlines leading up to every president can be traced back to the pharaohs, that's, just, that's like, if someone said that... By a campfire, you just sit down and listen to a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, great yeah. story. Like, what? And that's what they are to me. They're just really interesting. Like, what if the world is run by 300 aliens? Right. You know what I mean? That came here on Nibiru, planet X, that has an elliptical orbit that's not coming back till 2012, probably going to end the world. And we can hear Kumail 
doing his little act. With language. With the fucks. A little dirty down there. Is Unnecessary. It? Yeah, and it's not necessary. Not with that kind of humor. And I bet Jonah Ray was on time for this show. Well, he, he was two hours early. That piece. Ah, very nicely done. Yeah. Sorry I'm to good. give you the comedian. Yeah, you're very good. funny. Very. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're very funny. Whatever you very, need. Uh, I, know I know you're going through a thing. Very sharp. I'm getting so warm. It's it's awful. I think the only reason we should end this is because of the, that's uh, all the that's, temperature. I, I love that you're right there. I've been calling this the Sleepy Summer Series because, like, this has been a high energy one. Every episode, they've been great, but they're like... Yeah, man, what, what's going on? Like, I just feel like we're, we're in Jamaica right now. It's so fucking... Okay, so you're sober. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about any of this. Short. Okay. You, you covered that. Yeah. Didn't have to read that like an insult. I can't believe you made a note of it. <laughs> like, I'd forget. But that's our point, isn't it? I actually yeah, was like, what point. do you want people to know about the plight of a shorter person? Yeah, we Doesn't seem like there's bullshit. a plight. Improv, improving your stand-up, who cares? Uh, alternative comedians and our, our love of hating people who think comedies should be made fun of. Uh, and done badly for humor. Ugh. All I want to ask you about is uh, God. That's how we end every episode. With what? God. G-O-D? G-O-D. G-D if you're nasty. Live your, live your life. <laughs> live your life? I believe that's the satanic Bible. It says, do as thou wilt. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no. Jimmy Pardo, Satanist. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, uh, I, we've never on Never Enough Funny, in fact, it just came up again this week. Uh, with Dave Anthony, uh, we've never received more hate letters than when I made the when Andy Kindler made a very sweeping statement, and I didn't disagree with him. What was that? That uh, atheists that want to ram their atheism uh, down your throats are as annoying as uh, Christians that want to ram God down your throat. You just quoting that concerns me because I am I, I and I, I admit this fully. I'm always doing a poor job of representing my atheist weirdos, and we have so many wonderful atheist weirdos, and I am pandering to them right now, but I respect them deeply. And enjoy their perspectives and mm-hmm. read the comments and read the emails and learn from them. People send me links to things. People send me analogies. I'm, I'm learning from my atheist weirdo friends. Uh, but they can be n- n- a little hard to represent. And if you make a, ge- a generalization like that. Well, I that, think the generalization, though, is, is, is let's remember we're comedians. And I hate to, I, I hate to hide behind that veil of well it's just I'm just you know that nose on nose off you know philosophy of yeah. uh, of you know you, you could say you're kidding you know whenever you want to, to, to save yourself but I think when when comics you know hyper hyperbolically that's not a word hyperbolize hyperbolize that is that right yeah. is that accurate mm-hmm. uh, when we you I'm know when right. we say all atheists that's are annoying hyperbolic. we don't really mean all atheists are annoying yeah sure you mean the what you mean the three that get on your fucking nerves yeah yeah yeah. And uh, so that's what we meant. But, of course, uh, atheists, as we learned, really don't have much of a sense of humor. Huh. At least, the, again, the hundred that wrote me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those hundred. Not, not all. Not all. But you know what? All the ones that contacted me annoyed me. Pretty bad about it. It's the same as if I'm going to – whatever. You know, all Red Sox fans are – or all Philadelphia fans are dumb. Yeah. You know, there's pretty good evidence that a lot are. But not every Philadelphia fan is an asshole. I'm out of my depth, but okay. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Phil- fans of the Eagles and the Phillies are, you know, or the, that Bill Burr video. Yeah, of, I know of that. Him yeah, getting yeah. yelled at by Philadelphia fans yeah. and him railing on them. You know, you would think everybody in Philadelphia is a moron. Yeah. So when you go, well, everybody in Philly's dumb, I don't mean everybody's dumb. Yeah. Those folks that I'm familiar with are. Yeah. So. To me, from when these people got angry at me about uh, saying this sweeping statement of all the atheists are annoying, obviously I don't mean all. I mean yeah. the ones that contacted me. Right. At any rate. <laughs> yes. To ask about God, live your life. I went to church. I was a Catholic until 1980. I made my confirmation. My mom said, you go until you got confirmed. Then you make your own decision what you want to do as far as religion goes. Um, For fear of hellfire? I don't know why. 
I don't know. I think she just uh, that was how she was raised, and then she wanted to pass that along, and and maybe give a little guidance, or maybe let me to expose me to that life. Yeah, and then you know make a decision if it's right for me, and I, and it was not my cup of tea. Um, but my father and I, and I'm very open about this. My father found God later in his life, and he's a better man because of it. Mm. And if it makes you a better person, which God you live your life. Which God did he find? The great Lord and Savior in the sky. Jesus? I, Which Jesus? I don't know. So many Jesus. I don't know any of these questions because it's not my world. Yeah. So, But, but if, it, if it makes you <laughs> feel great, then do it. <laughs> if you truly live the lifestyle, if you go on a Sunday and it makes you happy and, and, and you, you're a person of faith and of spirit, great. Yeah. And it, but if, you know, if you're a hypocrite, then fuck you the same way that fuck you if hypocrite. you're an atheist yeah, yeah, yeah. or any hypocrite. You die, and there's Jesus in a robe, and he goes, what's up, Jimmy? Uh, how surprised are we? Um, it's surprised I'd be if it wasn't there. I mean, it just none of it, <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't affect my life. It really... Uh, that's interesting. Um, Mark Maron is a little bit that way, too. Like, it's just not in his bag of interests, and I envy that, because when my brain was forming, it was made one of my interests, and, and, and it's rooted, unfortunately, I'd like to shift that to an intellectual curiosity and mythology and religious history. It's not. It's still a little bit of fear. Mm. It's still me going like, you're not going to be there when I die. You're not going to be there when I make that voyage by myself. So that's why I'm always like asking people, and, and I'm, not, I'm not proud of that. I, so you don't care. It sounds like you're I'm not, okay. I'm not smart enough to understand any of it. I, uh, oh. if anything, you know, sounds nice. If I don't know, I mean, if there's a higher being and it makes you happy, so what? I don't. I don't. Be, be happy. The so what is? What if there's a higher being, and you haven't pledged your allegiance to him, and you, and then you get punished by him? But I also have it not. You know, be, but I kind of just. You think he's going to enjoy? It says in the Bible that God would rather you be against him than eh. Isn't that terrifying? Well, then I'm Groucho. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Look at me. <laughs> Fight this with humor. Uh, again, I'm, I, I am not intelligent enough to have this conversation. I, I don't... I, you've, I, you've only mistaken this for intelligence. I'm not, <laughs> I, 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 but you know what? But it's one of those things where I all of a sudden, whenever somebody wants to talk religion or politics, I'm always I always feel dumb. Oh, politics! Because I'm not I don't follow it enough. I know exactly how you feel, and you've made me understand how we're done, which is fine because people will. I uh, will talk. I talk to someone very political, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, all I want you to do is stop talking. <laughs> just, that's every fiber of my being. It's just. <laughs> just what what it was Stop the combination it. of words I have to say for you to go, and that's why the DNC is just shut the fuck up. Right. I, I I don't I, I'm I'm intimidated. I'm you're upsetting me that I don't know what these words you're saying. I so. will say this about politics: I have friends that are both uh, crazy left and crazy right, uh-huh. and they are both post on Facebook, and they both drive me fucking crazy. Sure. And then I have friends that are pretty intelligent politically that maybe lean a little left, and they make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the people that lean a little right make a lot of sense to me. Sure, it's the and I'm not stating I'm stating the obvious. I can't the wait. Extremes. To, I don't get you. I understand. I can't wait to have Reggie Watts on the show because if in between his musicals, <laughs> Reggie says some really brilliant things, and he has this one bit about like when you're thinking about who you want to vote for. Sorry, Reggie, for doing your bit. I've done a bunch of people's bits tonight. That's how I make my show funny. I just but you do other, yeah. I do other people's bits. Sure. He goes. When you're thinking about who to vote for president, just consider what face and voice do you want to see in here for the next four years. That's and I great. was like, oh, Reggie, you are the king. Mm-hmm. And you'll bury us all. And then he repeated that six times with reverb. <laughs> <Right>? It's not <laughs> a slam. It's, it's not, not a, sl- a slam. It's not a slam. Oh, he's going to get the, the Pardo treatment. He's going to get two emails. 
One, uh, listen to how much uh, Jimmy yes. and Pete love you at the end of the podcast. Two, listen to Jimmy. Berto slams yeah, you. He slammed you. Mm. Reggie is so cool, he would never, at ever. Bel- he'd, he'd mark the second one as spam if yeah. it was from the head of showbiz. Well, guess what? It is, because I'm going to email him <laughs> and make sure he hears this. Jimmy James Pardo. My pleasure. A true delight. This was great. A fucking... I, I, you nailed it. That's what I'm going That's for. what you want, right? When I'm, when I'm trying to think of how I want a show to go, it's how it just went. So oh. thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank My you for having me. We end the show by the guest saying, keep it crispy. It's just a joke. There's nothing, nothing conspiratorial. Not that you would think it would then be. Then keep it crispy. Yeah. Not even... Didn't need to hear the explanation. I'm going to give you a fist bump because we're so sweaty and clammy. Love it. Thanks, buddy. Pleasure. Crispy. Mine. (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com.